What's happening, y'all? This is Tyler Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have NBA trainer, former college athlete, the miracle man himself, Mr. Corey Smith. Yes, sir. You know, it's your boy. Yes, go. Welcome Let me lay that show. up. Hey, yes, sir. Yes, what? sir. Yes, sir. We love to start this show off with the wall of hoop movies. Mm. Your favorite hoop movie of all time mm. and why? I would definitely have to go with uh, Space Jam because as a kid, you know, I was really a Kobe fan, but that movie with Jordan and the Looney Tunes and all that stuff, I was just like, and the, the music was catchy. Man, that soundtrack that was sound fire, was man. OD. You hit him out, hit him out. Hit him I was, high. what? <laughs> boy, I know we, I don't know, but that, I believe, that boy, I was singing that in the shower too. No, we don't sing R. Kelly Respect. no more. Respect, respect. <laughs> we'll move on for that. Respect. No, but that, that, that soundtrack was crazy. <laughs> it was. The movie, uh, what Looney Tune do you identify with the most? Who are you in the show? Mm, I'll go with Bugs, and here's why. I learned when I got in high school, it really, it really showed me how to be a leader, hmm. how to be a leader on and off the court by leading by example of making sure my grades, homework is everything's done on time, making sure my teammates are running to the facility. So in our school, we had like the cafeteria, classes all over the place, right? It was a big school, but we had to know and our coach was like, yo, y'all got to be here when the second bell rings. Y'all got to be on the court, dressed, ready to roll. No excuses. So we had to sprint. We sprint through everybody. I'm, hey, make sure everybody's here. Hey, this is your job. This is your job. And so I learned that I have to be a leader for my group to succeed. Mm. And so I know Bugs in that movie was a leader for that group. And so that's why I say I resume myself as. I thought you were going to say you uh, give people the wrong kind of drinks and say it's something else, but I'm glad hey you man. don't do that, brother. Hey <laughs> <man>. <laughs> we're going to have fun today, yo. Hey, yo. This is the little OG, man. Come on, man. Um, just a little history. Me and Corey, man, we uh, met each other six, five years ago? How September 2019. So, man, that's like five years ago. Four years ago. Four or five, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, man, we're immediately brothers, man. For sure. <laughs> immediately. For sure. And, uh, Man, it's been a blessing to, to know you and see your growth, man, through this time. Man, I appreciate sure, you sure, always. So, yes, thanks sir. for blessing the show, man. Come on, man. So, first question is, when did you fall in love with basketball? I first fell in love with basketball uh, when my dad put a ball in my crib, right? I felt like that's the only thing I knew growing up was basketball. And what happened was when he put the little tights goal up and stuff like that, I didn't know how to shoot it, so I was just throwing it. I was just mm. throwing it. And then when he showed me, hey, you got to do it like this. And I was like, oh. And then he started showing me games on, like, old school, like Magic, Elgin Baylor. And that's how I fell in love with the Lakers. He started showing me games of Showtime and this. And I was like, oh, like, this is how basketball is. And then it was a phase where we stopped watching the Lakers. Then we went to Bulls, mm. Jordan, this. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm set. Basketball it is, no matter what. So I would definitely say around four, four years old, five years old is when I just, okay, basketball, that's it. That's what I want. I'll try every, you know, other things, but basketball is my true, true love. And then so from four years old, um, you grew up, grew up in Texas. Yes, sir. Um, now let's 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 get it straight. <laughs> League City, Texas, represent your city. <laughs> you know, come on, man. I gotta I represent it, my city. Exactly. No, we we have a lot of LA people coming here, and like, mm -hmm. you can't say you're from LA if you're from the Valley. 
Exactly. So you're, you can't say, you can, I can't say I'm from Houston, Texas, even though I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm from League City, uh, League City, Texas. For my city, I stand up. You know what I'm saying? I got to represent. represent. All yeah. right, so from that four years old, how does the youth sports work in in League City or, you know, in Texas? In, in League general? City, it was, we all started off in, I, most of us started off in YMCA. YMCA was really big back then. And so we had our little club teams. You'll sign up and then, um, like, I think like two or three weeks later, I have to ask my parents, but they'll send you a list of kids that you have. And then they'll have like a meeting spot where you meet. The parents are like, hey, do like, I guess, group emails back then. I don't know if it was text message or whatever it was. Um, and they'll meet, and then we'll meet everybody, and then we'll just start having practices. So you don't know who you're going to have. It was like a draft. Mm -hmm. Like, my daddy and my, yeah, my daddy even though he was going to have me or my sister. We were very young on the same team. It was like, it was just selective. Like, mm. And so, luckily I was, you know, he picked me up. Or it been really <laughs> weird. But. Yeah, so they selected the different kids, and then so that's when I figured out, like, okay, I don't know none of these people, but I'm just going to learn how to play basketball. Yeah. And so it was, it was actually fun because now I'm learning how people move, how, and I was young, so I really didn't understand anything, but I made a lot of new friends of just meeting random people. Yeah. And that also helped me just learn how to just be me. I wasn't really shy when I was young. I was just, hey, what's your name? Hey, who's this? Hey, and basketball helped me with that. Mm -hmm. Basketball helped me at a young age, and I didn't realize it until now about how communication works. Yep. And communication can be nonverbal, verbal, and so being with that and interactions and being with that, doing with that, I was just like, oh, I can be a good communicator. Yeah, no, youth sports, man, is the key to a lot of um, confidence and, like you said, communication yes. skills, working together, teamwork. All those little things, just even if you don't like sports yourself, man, put your kids in sports. Facts. Because they're gonna, um, they're gonna learn some something. character skills. Yeah, that's gonna help the rest of their life. Exactly. And you're the same person now. You going to everybody <laughs> know when Corey walk into the gym? Be there. That's for sure. That's a fact. So, um, so your dad was your first coach. Yes. What was my that dad. experience like? How long did he coach you for? Um, uh, he coached me until I was in, I want to say fifth grade. Fifth grade, he stopped because I went to this team called Houston Hoops. Okay. And I worked with, uh, it was me, my friend KJ, uh, my friend Joe Burton, and we all played with this team called Houston Hoops. And when we was with the Houston Hoops, we used to travel everywhere, national so it's the teams. AAU team. Yeah, now, AAU so. team. Uh -huh. And so he, he let me free. He was like, yeah, you're going to go play with them. And then after that, I went to another organization called uh, Franchise All-Stars. And we played uh, when so I was in So this is all grade. through middle school now? Mm -hmm. so, in middle school. So I wanted to talk about the elementary development. What, mm. type of, what types of things was your dad showing you? Did you have a trainer? What, what was basketball development? Now you as a player developer, right? <laughs> what was basketball development like for you in the early foundational stages? Man, I remember my dad, when I, when I first started playing basketball, it was me and him just going outside, and I had to play him in ones. He'd teach me how to dribble, then I gotta go try to score. It wasn't really like development. I was just, how do I dribble here? How do I how do I get here? And so he was really challenging my mind, like, I wanna beat you. And so he would make me, I'll literally go inside, cry, tell my mom he cheating, this, this, and that. But what it taught me was how to be competitive. And it taught me how to actually solve problems. And so I'm learning and developing how to dribble, how to go between the legs, how to cross. Even though he steals everything I did and blocked every shot I put up, 
I'm still learning, okay, how do I get my shot off? Okay, how do I? And so that was the development for like for me until later on, then I got into skills and learning how to actually get to spots and, and all this ball handling. But when I was growing up, when he first taught me, he didn't even teach me really how to shoot. He was just teaching me how to finish, how to do crossovers between the legs, but he never let me win. I don't think I beat my dad until, I want to say, high school, middle did he, school. Did middle he school. stop playing you after you beat him? Yes, for sure. He said it was <laughs> a wrap. That's usually, that's usually it was a wrap. It. That's it good. Was a wrap. No, that, like you said, it taught you competitiveness and that you got to fight for everything. Ain't nobody going to give you Man, anything what? on the court. So. Um, in your development, so you went to Houston Hoops, right? That's yes, pretty sir. pretty good, a big AU program. Yeah, that's uh, like one of the founda- it, big foundation. It's still it's still going on today. Do you know? Uh, or is it I don't I don't want to say that it is if it isn't, but I think so. Okay, all right. So back then in middle school, um, I know in Texas these communities you mm-hmm. play with guys pretty much like almost yes. all the way up to when you get to high school. You know, pretty much was that the case for you? Um, so for AAU, you know, we was from all different types of the city of Houston. So I had some in, you know, League City represent. We had some in, um, people from Beaumont, people from Clear Lake. We had people from south side of Houston, north side of Houston. And so we all like merged to different teams and stuff. So I never really got to play with them in high school. I played with a couple guys mm. in high school that was on my AAU team. But those are the ones that lived by me. Gotcha. And so, but we didn't get to like, hey, we're going to, all link up and move together and get to play each other. Now, I wish we could have done that. It would have been really cool. But um, I got to play with a couple of guys in high school, which was really cool. But um, pause that. That was really crazy what I just said. But, um, yeah, I, I was able to play basketball with a couple of guys. And, um, you know, it was fun for the four years we played together. Pause. No. So, <laughs> Y'all got to know me and Corey's relationship, <laughs> yeah. y'all. This is, please disregard uh, these moments. <laughs> um, so, uh, middle school. So, you mm-hmm. said you traveled around the, Texas or you traveled around the country playing? Were you guys playing on a national level then? We were playing on a national level. We played, we went to San Diego. We went to Arkansas. We went to uh, Mississippi. Um, where else we go? We went to a whole bunch of like just regular tournaments until we got to the national tournament. But uh, we definitely played, and then we played in Orlando a couple times. Yeah, for little, the, AU, yeah, for the a, AU Nationals. Do you remember any players that you played against now that are, like, in the league or, you know? I played against Justice. Oh, I used to play against Justice, Justice all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, they used to kick our butts. I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. We used to play against Justice. Um, I played against, um, what's his name? I played against De'Aaron once because he played up one tournament. Um, but that's pretty much most of the guys. Oh, and Andrew and Harrison. Uh, oh, Andrew and Andrew. The, brother, the twins. Yeah. yeah. And Andrew. I played against them all the time. And we played against them in high school. Oh, wow. Okay, so you guys are Yeah, there. so I played against them a lot. Gotcha. So um, playing in that competitive environment and then stepping into high school. Let me ask this. When did you get serious about your development? Um, you know, I'm going to let you tell the story, but I'm going to uh, give it a little preview here. You were one of the higher ranked players coming into high school. Yes. So when did you flick that switch to like, hey, it's, it's, it, and you recognize yeah, that and you recognize that you were one of the uh, you know, better players? I, I realized that when when I was a freshman in high school that I, I made a decision with myself. I said, OK, hey, because I had a practice and I played really good. Like pretty good, but then I realized 
when I was playing against the guys I was playing against, I'm like, yo, like, in my head, why am I not playing like I need to play? Like, I, I put too much work in. I work, I put too many hours. I put more hours probably in than them. And, you know, and so I told myself, like, it's now or never. I'm not trying to put pressure on myself, but I know that I am not playing to my full potential. And so let's max out. Just max out. And I learned that I can't max out for a whole year. I just got to max out in that moment, in that second, in that minute, and learn not to play with fear anymore. And so that was my biggest thing. Like, okay, what if somebody else or what if this person, I was done with friend ball, right? When I'm on the court, it's business now. And I learned how to turn my mindset from having fun with the homies and the stuff like that to anytime I touch the court, it's business. What I introduced be... you to that? What that that sounds like something that <laughs> somebody has a you know kind of light a fire inside you for. So where did that so, come from? So it was one of my friends, me, uh, me and KJ used to play once all the time, all the time, all the time. And so when we finally and we first we went to different schools, but we used to play against each other. And when we was playing against each other. Like, me and him went at it, and his team won, and I was pissed. Mm. Because, you know, when we go back to AAU, man, we beat y'all. I hate that. I hate losing. Like, that's one of my pet peeves. I hate losing. And so, after we lost that game, I knew, okay, that's it. Whatever I got to do to win, I'm going to do it. And so, he put a fire under me from that point on. Like, I'm done losing, the, like, at all. I hate losing. I'm going to find a way to win. That's the best kind of friends, man. He pushed me. He pushed me <laughs> he to, pushed new, you to, to a new limit. And I was like, okay, bet. Yes. No, that, comp- that feels like sometimes in this new generation, that competitive punch is, is missing, right? Where they right. like, yo, one of your best homies is the one who like, right. yo, lit a fire for you to be great and to step exactly. outside your comfort zone and, and become who you, you know, who you are now. So um, after that transition from being, like you said, fun with the homies to being... <laughs> It's my time. It's, 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 what, what, if I'm a, I'm a fly on the wall looking at Corey in the gym during training, what am I seeing? Training right now? No, then, back then. Back then? When, when I was, you know, when you, oh, that, I'm, that flicks, you know, that. If once we, when we're training, I'm, I'm so locked in. I'm paying attention to every single detail. Um, I wish back then if I told myself I would ask more questions mm. because I was just doing it. And I didn't understand really why, but I was able to translate it in the game. And I was really focusing on shooting because I was really one of the best shooters, like, on my team, in my city. Like, knocked down. Could not leave me open. And your right? dad taught you how to shoot? Mm-mm. Later on, when I got to high school is when I really learned how to perfect my shooting. And that got was it. with Chris Johnson. Gotcha. And so, uh, and I'm going to give him his credit. Credit is credit is <laughs> due. Um, but once I really got with him, because he, st- my dad stopped kind of training me and Chris kind of took over, I met Chris... Uh, I think when I was in elementary, because I was a ball boy for the high school team. Oh, okay. And so I met him fifth grade, and he'd been with me sixth, seventh, eighth, and I just grew up just around him, around Clear Springs, the school I went to, and learning from him and watching him train and watching him do this. And then from there, and when I lost to KJ, I was like, Chris, Chris Lilly, from then on, he pushed me like, yo, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. As soon as he gave me the game plan, I say, say less. This is what we're doing. So when after we lost that freshman game, we did not lose one more game that season. Wow. No That's more. <laughs> that was it. Because we knew we're the best team, and I knew exactly what we needed to do. 
They gave me the game plan. It, it takes strong character and mindset to decide. Yes. I'm about to do this and really give your all. What did your parents instill in you that created that inside of you? Because, you know, I think a lot of kids want this. Mm-hmm. Like, Yo, I'm going to the NBA. I want to do this. And they get in the gym, but that effort's not there. That mindset's not there. What did your parents instill into you, and what advice would you give a kid in that situation right now? Um, what my parents instilled in me was uh, self-discipline, number one thing, because it was more so of, They'll say, hey, you need to get this done by the end of the week or you can't do what you want to do. You can't. We're not going to take you here. We're not going to take you there. Right. So it wasn't like um, they weren't like on me like boom, boom, boom. Like they'll just say at the end of the week, hey, did you get this done? Okay, you can't go. And there's no there's no discussion. Right. So they put tasks on me to make sure I get stuff done. But they didn't like hold my hand, and once I learned that, like, oh, it's on me to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's really holding me back but me. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that from, hey, when I do my tour, okay, I know I got to do this. Hey, I know I need to do this. Hey, and once I figured out that I control what I can control, my whole mind was set up like, okay, I need to do this so I can do this. I need to do this. And so then I started just planning things out. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I get there. This is what I need to do. So if I was, if I was a young kid now, what I would tell them is, control what you can control, and I would plan out your plan. You can't just talk about the end goal if you don't have small goals in between. Like let's say this: it's 2024, right? And everybody say, "Hey, these are what I'm gonna do this year." How are you gonna get there? Yep. Okay, what's the first step? Okay, how are you going to accomplish that first step? So now you got to figure out, okay, what questions do I need to ask myself to get there? And so being able to be real with yourself and understand your plan and your path to get to where you want to be is one of the biggest things I've learned. Yes. When, I was, when I was young, I'm like, okay, I actually got to plan this out. I can't just say, hey, I'm going to get here. Okay, how am I going to get here? You know, first you pray and you thank God for every day. Then after that, you get to work. 100 percent you get to work no that's that's my biggest thing that that's the name todd has a plan because that's how i've built everything that i built by the grace of god first and foremost he's given the vision he's given the relationships exactly. all of that and then understanding how to get to where you want to be is hey i have this goal what daily action does it take for me to reach this goal and now i got to put it into my calendar what does that look like that means every morning i'm waking up at 6 a.m and i'm shooting I'm getting my shots up because in hoop, if I can shoot, that's it. And so no matter what, that's what I'm doing at 6 a.m. Hey, I want to get, uh, you know, I want to become a better student. Yeah. That means no matter what, whether I'm finished with my homework or not, I'm putting an extra 30 minutes of studying in every day yeah. at 5.30 p.m. Yeah. And because I know I had that space. You have to literally schedule out even yes. your, your idle time. Like, hey, this 30 minutes, I'm chilling, playing video games, not doing anything. Yep. That way you're consistent and you're going to get to your goal, whatever it is. So. And, and so here's a story. When I was a sophomore in high school, this is when everything turned up, right? And coach was like, hey, I need you to meet me at the gym, Chris. And we started pool workouts. I said, pool workouts? At 4.30 in the morning, pool workouts. It's cold. I'm like, man. But, you know, I told my dad, I said, hey, dad, I, I can't drive. Hey, I got to get at the gym at 4.30. Coach Chris said, I got to be at the gym at 4.30. We got pool workouts. 
We did pool workouts for about an hour. Dried off, you know, put our shoes on, then we shot for an hour. Okay? It's about 6.37. School starts at 7.30. Got rest every Monday through Friday. And that was my off season. Then we had fifth period workouts. Then at the fifth period workouts, at the end of the day, it will have open gym or whatever. Then after that, we'll go to practice. So it's, it's not about how long you do it. It's about what do you do in the time that you have. Yeah. And learning how to manage time, Chris definitely taught me that. He taught me this is what we're doing when, when I'm talking about the plan. But when I'm talking about those 4.30 morning pool workouts, when it's, I got to get up, the non-negotiables, that changed me to who I am now. Yeah. There, there's, oh, I got to do it. There's no negotiation. I can't negotiate with myself. And when I learn how to negotiate with myself, I lose that day. Man, no, thank you for that. It's important to see that somebody, when you were that young, mm-hmm. right, because I think a lot of kids think their parents are supposed to do it. Right. But every kid that I know that went to the higher level, a Division One school, or even just college in general, I'm not even going to say that, just college in general, Facts. were self-starters and overachievers. It's like, hey, we got to be there at 6. They were at the gym at 545, 530. Um, I'm bringing it back. Tyrese Maxey. This man. man, So you were with him through his whole pre-draft process. He had an extended pre-draft process because of the COVID year. Yeah. To the day of his pre-draft workout in the gym at what time every morning? He was at the gym at 515, 530. Every Every single single day. day. Even no the day his pre-draft workout, he's working out for 30 NBA teams on ESPN. He still is like, nah, I'm in there at 515, 530. This is my routine. Not changing it. And, and look at him. <laughs> the boy cooking. He is on the brink of being an all-star. And so and he deserves it. The work. The, the work is always undefeated. And the crazy thing about Tyrese, even when we had Ron train with him and everything, he... He never changed the schedule. His, this is his schedule. This is what he's doing. He's going to be here. His two days. He's always going to make his two days. And to this day, I kid you not, I called Tyrese last year. You know, he's, he's getting older. I said, hey, man, you still doing your 6 o'clock workouts? He said, yep. Right when I get back, I got 6 a.m. I'll see you at 530 in the morning. He doesn't change his workout. He is a pro. Pro. He, he, he mastered it. Yep. And so now he followed the blueprint. That's it. You follow the plan. You got a good plan, it's going to give you the results you want. 100%, man. I, I think that's so important for kids to see it. Like, he's probably been doing that since before yes. that moment, right? For he's sure. been doing it since he's young. That's why he a one and done in the league, making an impact for a team as a young player. Like, yes. That's what it takes at this age. And parents, get out of the way. If you have to, if you have to wake your kid up to go to a workout, you're hustling backwards. If I'm a parent, I'm asking you this. How much do you really want it? Hmm. How much do you really want it? Because of, as a parent, I feel like, I'm not a parent, but as I feel like it's to help your kids succeed in life, right? To push them to their goals, right? I'm going to ask my kid this. Hey, how much do you want this? They tell me they want it a lot. Okay, I want you to tell me what you want because we're going to go off of you now. I'm going to let you take the keys. I'm going to help you get there, but you tell me what you need from me. I'm not going to try to keep getting in your way and keep telling you to do this, do that, because if you don't want it, you're gonna, then we're just wasting your time. And I don't want to waste time because time is so valuable. Right. Right. So as a parent now, I'm just going to be like, okay, you, what do you want? Okay, bet. So now if you don't come get me, 
That's on you. That's so on don't you. come to me saying, hey, you didn't wake me My up. My mom didn't wake me up. I have, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's an excuse. Excuse. Do you, do you think the guys that you watch every day, the guys that you compete with that are at the top, they go and complain? No, they don't complain. They get it done. Make a way. Control what you can control. You can control yourself. Now, control what you can control. 100%. So going into high school, right? Mm-hmm. You said that that uh you know that that trigger happened yeah, that, where yeah. <laughs> you you had a the takeover yeah. moment. Um, your recruitment started for you as a yes. freshman. No, it started the beginning of my sophomore year. Beginning That's when I started year. getting stuff. And Coach Chris would come into his office and say, "Hey, you got some letters coming in. You come look at these. Blah 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 blah. Boom. Every other day, hey Corey, come to my office. I got some letters for you. Boom. Cool." You know, but just because I got those doesn't mean it changes my mindset to slow down. You know, you have small wins, cool, but the bigger opportunity is what you want. So just because you see little success doesn't mean you can't finish through the finish line. Got to. So what you have to continue to do is small wins doesn't mean it's the overall victory. That's right. You have to, even if you think you see the finish line, there's a bigger, there's a bigger reward at the end of the hill. Right, it's about so, the process of doing it, right? Exactly, it's the process. And so even though he was showing me the letters and stuff like that, it didn't stop me from being who I wanted to be. You and know, What kind of looks were you getting? Because I, I want people to know who Corey Smith is because we know Corey Smith, the trainer, I, right now. I was getting looks from, I got letters from Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Texas A&M. I had Duke. I had, uh, I had uh, Detroit Mercer. I had, uh, and it's two other schools, I just don't remember the name of them. And then I had another school, which was a D3, which was Concordia, mm-hmm. right? And they're D2, I think, at the time right now. But back then, those were the schools that kept coming. Boom, they kept coming in, kept coming in. Baylor kept watching, so Baylor eventually hit us up. And they came to a whole bunch of our games with asking Coach. And so it was a whole bunch of schools that just come, coming into the practices and stuff like that. And we had another guy, his name was Jeff Beverly, which is one of the best bigs in the state of Texas, right? And he was flooding in school. So when they was watching him, they was watching me, they was watching the rest of our team. And our team was like, Phew. we had, oh, Yale was one of them. Uh, uh, and there's one more school I just gotta remember. But uh, as soon as those schools were coming in, the coach was talking to us, it was cool and everything. And then they'll send us letters and stuff like that. So yeah, but the, the best one and the one I loved the most was Duke. Because I was like, yeah, I really, I really wanted to go there. Right, that's Duke. And so it's Duke. And so, but unfortunately, things happen and life continues to, to move. And so you got to pivot. So what, what happened? Let's talk about it. Um, so when I was a, in my sophomore year, we just finished one of these, our, uh, what we call, because I was playing with an Adidas team. It was on the Adidas circuit. I just finished playing. I literally just had like, I forgot how much I had. I had a lot. And there was a select team from New Jersey we had just played. And there was a couple of schools that was there at the time. And I just finished playing one of the big games. And then I started feeling sick. And I was like, I, just, I never get sick, knock on wood. But I was never getting sick. I was good. I fight through everything. I never missed a day of school. I was one of those guys. And so we get back from the weekend. And uh, when we get back from the weekend, I was like, man, I, don't, I need to go to the doctor. Told my mom, she was, um, we went, they said, uh, you're okay, it was just small little sinus infection, you're good. I said, all right, cool, like, let's keep it moving. And so when we did that, everything was still good. 
And so then it was a week, a week happened. I was feeling okay. Then one day, I remember, I forgot what day it was. I just finished workout in fifth period and I started getting chills. And I was like, why am I feeling like chills? My teeth, I was just cold. I couldn't really eat. My stomach was, was like not letting me eat. And I was like, uh, I'm okay. I'm just going to go to my class. So I went to my sixth period. Everything was fine. At seventh period, uh, I went to seventh period. And towards the end of the day, I was like, yo, I got to go to the restroom. So I asked my teacher. Um, I asked my teacher, hey, can I use the restroom? She's like, yeah, when this person comes back. I was like, cool. So I literally just sat in my chair and I was shaking. And I was like, my teeth were chattering. And people was like, yeah, you good? And they said I looked pale. I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, they said I looked pale. I was like, all right. Well, I'm I look pretty pale. sure you were lighter. <laughs> yeah, you, I was you, like, <laughs> I was like, and so when the person came back, I went to the restroom. I didn't really have to go to the restroom. I tried to see if I can make myself throw up. Cause I was like, yo, let me, I got I got workout today. I can't miss workout. Like, I know I gotta I gotta keep my routine, sick or not, I gotta keep moving. And so I I was okay. And then right when I walked out the door, I had to go back in because I started throwing up. Mm-hmm. Everything. Whatever I ate, went right back up, pause. And so uh, I got home, I told my friend, my best friend, Josh, I said, he was on my team too. He's like, I said, Josh, yo, because I couldn't drive yet. I was like, yo, you got to take me to the house, like, ASAP. Like, I don't feel good. And this is the first, when I say I don't feel good, something must be wrong, because right. I don't ever say I don't feel good. Like, I'll fight through anything. Like, it doesn't matter. And so when I got home, uh, my sister came to the house and, uh, was came in later uh and she was like you good and i was like you know i'm laying on the couch i'm like yeah i don't feel good like something's wrong so they checked my temperature it was like 103 104. my mom get home and so my grandmother came over too and they was like yo we gotta take him to the hospital because they try to give me water back up pause they try to give me soup back up pause and so uh i'm just like yo what is going on so when they took me i got a steroid shot in my shoulder and i started feeling better cool and then they said hey keep him out for a couple days let's see how his body feels so at this point they still think it's a sinus infection still thinks it's a sinus infection then they were waiting for the lab results because i had to take a little swab yeah. or whatever pause and then just in case i'm just catching myself and then uh <laughs> no more pauses because okay, respect, respect. i want i want your story to be clear okay yep and so uh after i took the swab they took the test they said i had strep throat and i was like strep that don't make no sense to me. But I said, okay, whatever. Got to go back to school like three days later. Had my doctor's note. And then I started working out. And then as soon as I started working out, I felt like drained. And I'm like, yo, something is wrong. Like, I don't think they did this right. So I went to my parents. I'm like, yo, whatever they said, it's completely wrong. I know my body. My body don't feel right. They're like, well, we'll take you to the doctor again. Took me to the doctor again. They're like, well, it's, it, it's a science infection, but it looks like you just got done with strep throat. I'm like, it don't sound right, but okay. So then they said, hey, try this thing called the Nutty Pot. And so as soon as I tried the Nutty Pot, right, I took a nap. And then my dad, then when I, after I took a nap, I started doing my homework. And my dad looked at me. He's like, yo, you good? I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, your nose is like swole. So it swole up off the Nutty Pot. And I was like, huh? And then so they took me to the doctor again. And I was like, yeah, take this antibiotic, you'll be okay. But it looks like it's a bad science infection. I want to clarify, the nutty pot is where you flush so, out so the So you liquid. flush it, you liquid, and you turn like this, and you let the water come through your yeah, nose. Yeah, so you flush your sinuses. Yes. And so you have a swollen was, nose at this point. It was, yeah, so my nose was swollen, and when they gave me the antibiotic and everything, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, and so I felt better. 
And I was like, okay, I feel good. I feel better. Next day, uh, I had a workout with my friend Jeff because uh, we were about to start trying to play on the same AU team in the circuit. And I was like, I told my parents, I was like, hey, good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, good night. So I walked upstairs and I went to bed. So the next day happened, right? And this is when everything happened. It was May 5th, 2000, no, May 28th, 2012. And my friend called, because I was still knocked out sleep. My friend called my phone, because my mom just walked upstairs, because my dad's office is right next to my room. So she walked to go see my dad, but she came in my room because she heard the phone call. And she was like, hey. He was like, hey, Miss Smith, uh, just calling to wake up Corey to make sure he's up. Because um, he usually calls me, but he didn't call me. And, I, and she was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll wake him up. I'm in the next five minutes. Y'all about to go to workout? He's like, yeah, we got workout. All right, yeah, I'll wake him up. So my mom tried to push me and say, hey, Corey, it's time to wake up. And then I didn't move, like, but she heard me, like, breathing. And she was, she was like, well, don't make me go get your sister because my sister would try to wake me up and push me around, whatever. And so she tried to push me. And they was like, Corey. And then so when my sister pushed me, my mom seen that my bed was wet. And she was like, wait a minute. And so my mom also saw my eyes would roll back. And so she was like, oh, this ain't right. And so she was like, hey, Kayla, uh, go call your grandparents. And so my sister left. My mom was like, Corey, Corey. And so she heard me breathe, like kind of like Dark Vader-ish. So it was like. <sighs> and so like when she tried to wake me up, she couldn't wake me up. So she ran downstairs. She was knocking on the door. Yo, 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 Kevin. That's my dad's name. Kevin, Kevin, wake up. Wake up. We got to go. We got to go. And he was like, what's going on? Because he was showering. Because I heard him get out the shower, like, something's wrong with Corey. He's not waking up. He's not responsive. And so when we went, yeah, he came back upstairs. My dad tried to wake me up. Couldn't wake me up. So he put me on his shoulder, brought me downstairs. And when he brought me downstairs, they put me in the car and rushed me to the hospital. And my sister was calling my grandmother because she was going to ride with my grandmother. My grandmother called my uncle and started telling my family, like, what was going on. Because nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And so when they rushed me to the hospital, uh, they had called, uh, my mom had called my coach because they said, hey, we looked at the x-rays. It looks like he broke his nose. Uh, and all the, the mucus went straight up. Mm. And they was like, wait, what? And they was like, well, can you call his coach to see if anything had any head trauma or he got hit in his anything? And so when they went, they called Chris. Yep. And Chris was my head coach. And he was like, yo, Ms. Smith, and he was like, hey, coach, uh, can you look back at any film, any of the coaches look back at any practices, any game films, to see if Corey, like, fell hard, hit his head? Because at first they didn't know if I broke my nose, if I hit my head or something. But they said it was nothing but mucus that was all the way up. So that, that explains the swollen nose from the couple days before yep. and all that. And so when they, uh, when he called, he was like, oh, I'll check, I'll check, I'll check. So they checked, they looked at all the film, he called back, he said, no, we didn't see nothing, what's going on? And he's just like, well, Corey didn't wake up this morning. He was unresponsive. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We're at the hospital right now. Uh, and we think we're about to lifelight him to another hospital so they can have the tools to actually operate him. So the hospital they took me to didn't have the resources to help me. Right. So right now, I'm still knocked out, eyes rolled back, breathing. I don't know how I was breathing. Mm -hmm. And I'm knocked out. So my parents are telling me exactly what's going on. Right now, now they told me. Right. And so they said they lifelighted me. When they lifelighted me and my family, my mom, my sister, my dad, they was like, that was the last time they're going to see their son. 
And so my mom was like praying in the car. My dad was praying in the car. My sister was with my grandparents. And everybody was just like, and my grandfather was coming from work. Uncle was coming from work. Um, my dad's grandmother, uh, my dad's mom, uh, she lives in Dallas. So he called her and she got on the next flight. And so they was all, everybody was all, and, she, and then coach was like, okay, I'm heading to the hospital too. He headed to the hospital. And so when they got to the hospital, I was already there. I was already in the operating room. And so when I got there, my uh, mom told me they met the lady in the front. And she was like, uh, are you Corey's parents? They just brought him back. He was like, she was like, yes. She was like, uh, how old is he? And she told him my age. She's like, when's his birthday? And she typed it up. They looked it up. And they was like, oh, he's a Christmas baby, right? And she's like, yeah. So she gave my mom uh, this necklace, this rosemary necklace. I think that's what it is. And so gave my mom this necklace. They prayed over it. And then they all went back to the back in the waiting room. And so my mom said they waited for like, I want to say an hour, hour and a half. The doctors came out. They said, hey, Corey's parents. And my mom and dad stood up. Everybody else stood up and just waited for the answer. And his name was Dr. Chin. Um, and he came in, he said, hey, we did all we could. Uh, the next 15 minutes are crucial. Uh, if he doesn't wake up in the next 15 minutes, uh, we'll, we'll see what the next procedures are to helping your son. And so they walked back. And so my parents sat down and everybody just waited because you don't know. Yeah. Like, it's the unknown. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen, what's going to do this, what's going to happen. So everybody was just silent. Didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do. And, you know, me, I don't understand the feeling. But as a parent, I can, I can only imagine what they was feeling. So like they said, my dad was, he didn't know what to think. Like, he was just walking around pacing. He didn't know my, my uh, sister. She didn't know what was going on. My mom, coach didn't know what was going on. So they were just sitting there waiting. And then the doctor came out. They said he came out, like, uh, I want to say, like, 30 to 45 minutes later or an hour later. So they thought I was gone, like, because right, he didn't come. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So they thought I was gone. And so when that happened, they was like, oh, he came back out. It's like, he's okay. He's in ICU. He's still kind of asleep. So he probably won't, isn't really awake, but we have him under control. And they, they was like, okay, good. Can we see him? So they let my mom and dad come see me. And I seen the picture and it says, it has a picture of me laying on my side. And so I had, uh, it was like a tube to my head because they had to drain all the blood from the surgery. So the tube here, it was like a bucket, a bucket right here. And so they was letting the blood drain and stuff like that. And I was just sitting in the bed like this. And I seen the picture. Mm. And so my dad started just, after that day, my dad started videotaping everything, taking photos and everything. So he let me see the story. And so after that happened, it was like a week or two. And then I finally was able to like, actually open my eyes and see what was going on. And so when I first woke up, they was like, hey baby, and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. So I went back to sleep, I'm like, right? <laughs> and so and so I'm, I'm just in the room, I'm looking, and I, well, I had to relearn how to walk, let's say this, walk, so talk. I wanna talk about this though, really quick before you get to that, how many surgeries had you gone through to this point? To right now, to this day? No, from right from when, from that point. Yeah, when it took it was just you one. In. That was just one, one surgery. surgery. Okay, and then you woke one. up. Okay, and then and then I woke up and stuff. And everything was starting getting better. Okay, 
I, learned, I had to relearn how to walk, talk, uh, how to move, use my arms and everything. Because what it did was the mucus, they call it a sidereal empanema. It knocks out uh, some of your nervous like functions mm -hmm. because of the way it hit your brain. So it, it flooded this side of my brain, right? And so right now, I don't, I, right now I have one third of my real skull and two thirds of all metal. You have two thirds of metal. So right here on this side from here, if I took my head off, I just don't have a haircut, respect. Yeah. <laughs> so from here to here is a titanium mesh. Wow. From here all the way back to here is a titanium plate. Dang. So half of my skull is a plate. This third right here of my brain is mesh. So this little section right here is the only part of the skull that I have left. So if you headbutt somebody, you're going to mess them up. <laughs> Man, when I said when we had to take flights and stuff, I was the first thing I'm worried about is, yo, I can't even take a flight without getting beat. <laughs> like, hey, look, I, I ain't got nothing on me. Every time I go, we got to search you. I'm like, I already know where it's at. It's here. It's in my head. And so, but, you know, I learned to live with it. And that was just the first surgery. The second surgery, um, they found out that whatever was on the left side migrated to the right side. Oh. Man. And so I had to have another surgery. And so what they tried to do is they tried to break my nose in the second surgery, put two tubes through my nose and try to come all the way up. And pause, they put a big tube down my throat so I couldn't breathe through my throat. The reason why I said that is because it's very important for the yeah, next yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when they did this and they tried to get all of the mucus out, right? So then I'm like, okay, cool. They all ain't gonna keep cutting in my head. We good, right? And I didn't have a choice. I mean, these surgeries are just happening. Right. Right. How, so, how, how long after the first surgery was the second surgery? Uh, I want to say probably two or three weeks. Okay. Okay. So two you're in recovery weeks. mode, trying to learn I'm to in walk, recovery, eat, trying to talk all I'm, that. Cause I'm trying to get back in hole. Like that's my, my that's my main thing. I'm trying to hole. But what? Hey, Doc, what I gotta do? Yeah. Doc, what I gotta do? And what made me? This what made me who I am. After my first surgery, and you know, I can't speak. I mm. can't. But I can still hear. Like I'm still functioning. Right. Right. And I'm laying know, in my bed. Do you know who people are? You still recognize? I, I, you have memory? I kind of recognize who they are, but now I know who they are now. Gotcha. Right? And so I'm listening because he was like, hey, Mrs. Miss Smith, let me walk with you outside. Because the doctor, because they was checking in on me. And they said, they was like, hey, you know, the surgery was very tough on Corey's body because um, I had lost 75 pounds. Dang. Right? I, I didn't mention that. There's a lot that I didn't mention. But... Um, I lost 75 pounds, still learning how to function and stuff like that. And it's going towards the middle of the summer now. Um, and so I'm missing basketball. So I'm like, okay, I can get back. I'm, I'm starting to learn things. I was like, okay, I can get back. I'm, I'm trying to schedule time. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to plan it. And so uh, the doctors tell, pull my pants aside. They say, hey, we can't rush this process. Uh, we want to make sure Corey heals the proper way. And the way his brain is, we don't know how fast he's gonna develop. And so I remember my parents asking, what does that mean, Doc? They said, well, Corey might not be a normal kid again. Hmm. The functions that the mucus and the, uh, the uh, sickness did to him, it took out some functions, so now we don't know how his body's gonna react when we start teaching him how to do everything again. So we don't know how long it's actually gonna take. It could take six months, it could take a year, it could take two to three years. We don't know how his body's gonna adapt because these are one of our rare cases. Like, I've heard like, I don't know if it's still true, 
but it was like my case and like another case was the only two that really survived this whole thing. Wow. Right. And so I'm hearing that. I'm like, normal kid. And I was like, yeah, he might not be able to play sports again because we don't know if he'll be able to hit his head and we don't know what's going to happen. Like if he hits his head one time, it's a wrap. You know, it's a wrap. Right. And so in my, in me hearing that and I can't do nothing. But so I'm just like, like that's that's hard to hear from a yeah. doctor that you have put all your trust in hey you not you might not be a normal kid again yeah. what that's when i knew i control who i am yeah. that that was one i can say that was one pivotal point in my life where i said i i either going to go down and be depressed or I'm just going to live the life God gave me and make the best out of everything I can from here on out. Yeah. And from that moment in, I was like, all right, doc, what I got to do? What I got to do? What I got to do? Because after that surgery, you know, and everything, and they figured out that I was on this side, I had to have a surgery. And then I figured out the next day, I'm waking up. I can't breathe, right? This is after the second surgery. I can't breathe. I'm knocking in. I'm like, yo. I'm like, well, I can talk, though. But I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't breathe. Because they had that big tube that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. boss. And so with the ice, they had I can only eat ice. I couldn't drink no water, couldn't eat no food. So I'm still losing weight. Mm -hmm. And so they was like, he's gonna be fine. We just gotta keep and letting his uh his throat relax because it's very swollen. Mm -hmm. So we gotta keep putting ice on it and the icicles will melt it and make it uh back to normal. But we're gonna have to do another surgery. I'm like, what do you mean we're gonna have to do another surgery? Because now, I, I can talk now. <laughs> what you mean? We got to do another surgery. And so, well, everything that was on this side, we got everything that's low, but everything migrated up in the past couple of days. So there's still things that are still in here. So eventually, it now like we're going to have to... like infection or something we're talking about? infection, okay. So the sidereal empanema is a sinus infection that goes to the brain and sits on the skull, which goes into the skull, and now it ruptures with your function. Gotcha. And so once it did that, I'm just like this. Well, let's do it. Like, there's nothing. I can't complain about it no more. Like, I'm still living. Yeah. Well, I just got to clean it up. We just got to go. And so what I've learned is from that moment, I was like, you just got to go. Like, I, I can't live the way I want to live unless I get this done. And so that was towards the end of the summer. So I'm already missing basketball. So I'm like, all right, I might as well get done so I can get back sooner. Right, and I'm, I was rushing, I'm like, okay, let me do this, let me do this. And so luckily I still had people come in and come see me in the hospital and stuff like that. But once that third surgery happened, I had to be in the hospital for a little bit, but they had put the titanium mess. The skull didn't come into the last surgery because they had to create it all the way and wherever they had to create it. What was there in place? Nothing. Your brain was exposed? So my brain was exposed the whole time. So oh this God. is the crazy thing about it. So as you see, I had that dip right here, right? Yeah. And so with that dip, just imagine that dip going all the way down. So my head was like this, but my skull was, my brain was like this. So that's how thick my skull was. So when I chew, you can see my brain do this. It was the coolest thing I ever seen. But <laughs> no, uh, it's not done. <laughs> but I'm glad you enjoyed like, it. <laughs> I was like, because I would really eat and then be like, <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, it was it was cool. But I was like. I couldn't wear anything but a helmet. So they had me wear a helmet 
And that was like a lacrosse helmet or not like a surgical helmet. It was, okay, okay. I didn't play with a like a USC helmet until I had to play, and I figured out because I was like, they're not gonna let me play unless I had to protect my head. So I'm we searching. My mom's searching. This boy gonna play. I'm we searching. We searching to find something, right? And so when I had that third surgery, I was like, okay, when I do my rehabs, I gotta have the little hat on. But other than that, man, you know me. I'm trying to be swag. I'm trying to be dripped out. So I put little caps on. I had snapbacks. And I'm like, I still want to live a normal life. How can I live a normal life and still go to school? Because I was missing. Because this, when my third surgery ended and I'm starting to do rehab, school had just started. Okay. Right. And my sister kept telling me, coming back to school, they keep hounding me about you when you're coming back. I said, well, just tell them I'm coming back soon. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and so, and it was the coolest thing because there's a lot of people I didn't know I've affected when I was, you know, I affected in a positive way. Yeah. Because I was getting, my sister was bringing me back like letters and stuff like that. People saying, hey, get well soon. People was calling, saying, hey, people were still coming to my house. It was cool. Had my team still come to my house. Um, and everything was cool. So that really showed me like, okay, I see who really rocking with me, stuff like that. But what really gave me more motivation, right? My doctor was like, because uh, it was the head, head coach of the high school of the football team. His name was Coach Hartman. I can never forget this, right? So on the back of the helmets, they, I was Miracle Man. You know, after everything that happened, my birthday's on Christmas, and so they was calling me a miracle child. So I was like, I'm not a child no more, I'm a man. Miracle Man. <laughs> and so they put the sticker, it was a five, because that was my basketball number, five with the wings, and it was a helmet, right? Because mm -hmm. I was gonna play with a helmet when I came back. I figured out that's the only way I could play, right? And so during that season, they had the the uh, sticker or like the patch on the back of the helmets. So when they was playing, they was like, okay, we're gonna play. And so it was the game before homecoming. The homecoming was the next week. And nobody see me, right? So I was like, dang, I look small too. I'm like, Tch. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. look small, cool, no, no muscle, no nothing really. But I learned how to walk strong enough to, to go to the game, right? So I went to the football game. I called my boy Jeff. I said, because he was bigger. So he can protect. If I fall, like, you got me, bro. Like, somebody told me to run after me, you got me. He's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Cool. So I called. So when I went to the fence to, to get into the gate, because I had to go through a different gate so nobody could touch me, nobody could see me, right? So I went through the gate. Uh, my friend Jeff met me there. My sister told her little little her friends to come in that knew I was hap that happened to me and stuff like that, and I was still cool with them. They was like, oh, my God, how you doing? Cool. He was talking to them. And then they was like, well, Jeff was like, well, they waiting for you on the field, bro. I was like, well, okay, okay. Right, so we left, right, we went on the field. I'm walking on the field, I had a little snapback, a little cool little snapback, little LA Lakers, because that was my favorite team back then. Now, I don't have a favorite team, let's put that out there. Right. But um, when I was walking out there, uh, like the game was still going on, and then everybody was going and they see me walk. So you could see the stands like on this, right? Everybody was like, oh, wait, is that? Is that Miracle Man? Is that him, is that Corey? They was like, Corey, Corey, Corey. They was like, Corey, I was, you know, I was like, I was like, dang, like this, this, this motivated me. Like, cause you're gonna have days where you're like, ah, oh, today ain't the day. I had a lot of those days. No, you had a summer. I had, you had, you had a life. I had a, I had a life of <laughs> Corey, you, one you of them days. You are so humble in the way you talk <laughs> about this. Like you didn't just have three brain surgeries in your life. <laughs> well, three at this point. Yeah. Three to this point and going through everything you've gone through and your attitude towards it is 
how people should be without going through something like that. You well, know what I mean? Well, like, because I want to say one thing, right? Because I couldn't do it alone. Yeah. You never, in, in life, everything takes a team. I don't care what people say. It always takes a team effort. Nobody can ever do a solo dolo, right? Even if you think you're doing it by yourself, God is already with you. So yeah. you already have a team, right? And then I had my mom. I had my dad. I had Coach Johnson, you know, and I can never pay him for what he did for me. And so, like, I had those people pushing me, pushing me. And then when I'm going, walking on the field, and I'm seeing all these people, oh, my God, Corey, Corey, ah, Corey. They all race into, like, the edge of the, the stands and stuff like that. And then I see the team coming around. And so the game took a pause, and everybody just clapped and had my name. They was like, welcome, Corey Smith, to the field. And that moment right there, that's when I knew. That's another moment that helped me actually pushed me through. I was like, okay, I got to make it back. There's no, there's no more excuses for myself. If, if, if I can put positivity and energy like that to stands full of people I don't even know, and, and that shows the character that I want to, to have around people, and that shows who I've been so far in my life, I'll never change. Yeah. And that moment showed me that being me will always be good enough. I don't I never have to change who I am. Yeah. My energy, my positivity, and the way God built me will always be who I am today, right? And so going through that moment, when I, I'm in the car, right? This is, and I told my mom, I was in the car, and I was like, Mom, man. Did you cry? Didn't when? When you walked out to the field and got all that love. No, nah, I couldn't cry. I had to be a baby. I had to be a I had to be an OG. I almost cried right now, dog. I'm like, I had to be an OG with it. I had to be like, when I got in the car, I was like this. I'm like, I'm, it's a whole bunch of stuff going through my head, right? So my sister in the front seat, because I can't sit in the front. My mom's sitting right there. And let's not forget this. I got taller, too, by the way. Oh, I like, grew when oh, I was this is six, your summer. This is your growth spurt. This is the growth spurt summer. <laughs> and so, and so I'm, I'm sitting in the back like this, right? And I tell my mom, I'm like, Mom. She's like, yeah. She's like, the game was kind of lit today, huh? She's like, yeah, why you say that? She's like, just wait till my first game. Wait till the first game I come back. Wait till, I told her that. I said, wait till the first game I come back. It's going to be packed. It's going to be stand-up room only. And it's going to be one of them nights, one of them moments of my whole entire life. And it, no matter what goes on from here on out, that's going to be the one moment that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Nobody in this family will ever forget for the rest of their life, right? And so... You know, days kept going, piling up, stacking days, same routine, waking up, uh, doing rehab, stuff like that, learning how to write again, learning how to read again and stuff like that. And finally, the day came. Hey, let's put this last piece in. It came in. Bet. I remember that. It was October 1st, 2012. So from May 28th, 2012 to October 1st, 2012, that whole... Enchilada right there, pause, is what took me, f that, that, that's how long that it take, it took for me to get all the way to, to where I need to be. Fully just, just for me to, to be get, normal. to be a normal, at, someone, at functioning, yes. And I have my skull and everything back to normal, right? So this is three surgeries. This was, that would have been the fourth. The last one was October, October. 1st. Okay, what was the last one for? The, the fourth was to put the titanium plate in. Gotcha. So now I got the plate in my head, but my head still looked lopsided, right? Because it's just not coming in. And they was like, hey, 
We put the staples in your head. But after I had that surgery, I could go home. They just said, hey, make sure you ice your head, you're good. Right? You might be bleeding a little bit from your head, but it's nothing serious. I was like, all right, cool. And you can still do your tears. It's nothing serious. Nothing serious. From your head. Let's get and then I was like, I was like this. I said, I said, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's go time. It's go time. I'm you understand. I was hype. I'm I'm moving. I'm like, what we gotta do? What we gotta do? What's what's this? What's that? Right? And so then I'm like, oh, I can come back to school. They was like, slow your roll. Right? There's still a lot of things I had to do. Like I had to get my white blood cell count up. Mm. My white blood count was so low that as soon as if as soon as I got sick, I'm back in the hospital. Wow. So low. And so I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's, let's, nothing that's nothing gonna stop me from getting back, right? And so it's just days and days. I had like a, a, a like a home, I forgot what they call it, but like somebody come to my house and so she was the sweetest little lady. You know, she was teaching me and stuff like that, I did my homework. Then after that I watched basketball or I play two K or I'll do my push ups. And then uh coach would come over, play me in two K. He'll beat me a couple of times, but I really won majority of them, even though he say I'm lying. <laughs> then my dad would play me like everybody would try to keep me company and stuff like and try to keep my mind off it. But they already knew I already had a plan in my head. Like I'm coming back. And so this was like the best moment. So it was my junior year, right? Spring is about to happen. So winter I missed the whole winter. I couldn't That's go to school. But when that first spring, they're like, Corey, you can go back to school. You don't understand how excited I was. I've never been so excited for anything in my life. Like, that right there, that excitement was was top two, not two. I bet. Right? And so I went to school. I had, hey, look, I need a new outfit. I need this. <laughs> I need that. I need boom, boom, boom. But they was like, look, we're going to put some stipulations on you. I said, talk to me. And so the lady was like, okay, you're gonna have to leave, get to class five minutes early, and you gotta leave five, you gotta get to class five minutes early and leave five minutes early. I was like, okay, cool. And you get one student to take you to your next class before, cause I couldn't, they wouldn't let me carry anything or they wouldn't let me walk with everybody yet. And then at the end of the day, you gotta either stay in the locker room or walk to the locker room, cause I know you gotta practice. I said, cool, bad, right? They said, you couldn't do no basketball activity until Coach Johnson signs you off. So, all right, cool. Man, his his workouts was harder than the team workouts. <laughs> he was like, he was like Chris signing you off was, sounds crazy. He was right like, now. <laughs> he was like, okay, so this is what we gotta do, Smith. I was like, all right, what we got? You gotta be this strong, you gotta be this fast, you gotta be able to run and not fall over. Cause I when I was running, I was a little, like, little, little dizzy. Boy, my, boy, when I'm talking about I look like a deer in headlights, my legs was like, man, cause I never used them. Cause I just grew. My arms got a little bit taller, like, I mean, a little bit longer. My feet got uh, longer. I just grew. So I'm trying to figure out how do I use his body, right? I had to relearn how to shoot, relearn how to dribble. So he's making me do all these tasks. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm just like, okay, I got I to gotta wake up early. I got to do my push-ups every night. I, this one made me figure out, okay, put everything aside. Here's my goal. Put everything aside. It don't matter. I got school locked in. I got this locked in. This is my focus. We have to go back and just talk about what you persevered through. <laughs> Four surgeries. Um, not thinking, not understanding how fast you can rehab and develop and come back to a normal life. So first off, thank God for that. The power, Man, of, God, the power of his healing is nothing else, right? Um, Thank you to the doctors, 
to your parents, your support system, man. like you said, uh, but to you, man, to like how the plan that God has for your life is so much bigger. <laughs> man, you <laughs> because of that, man. You don't know until you know. You can yeah. definitely say that. And and the only thing I can honestly say that that helped me get through it is my aunt, my aunt, Aunt Sheila, right? She would she would send me Bible verses every week. She's like, hey, I need you to know this. Hey, I need you to say this every time. So every time I'm about to go into a surgery, I'm saying this in my head, like boom, 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 boom. So like before they put me under, I'm saying it to my head, boom, 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 boom. So meditating on his word. Yes. And so every time we come out, she'd be the one to call me. Did you say it? I said, yeah. She said, that's why I'm talking to you now. And I was like, mm. I said, you're right. Like, you're on point. Right. And so every time, until she was able to come down and see me, she was like, say these words. Say, these, hey, this is what we're doing. And so she sent me the verses, then sending me gospel songs. Right. And so then that's when I made my gospel playlist. My gospel playlist, A1, by the way. If y'all need it, it let is me fire, know. Actually, I've let, heard it. If, it is fire. if you need my gospel playlist, it's fire. <laughs> it, it gets you moving and grooving, baby. Now, but that, she helped me build that. Right. And my mom giving me songs and giving me verses and talking to me and staying with me and Chris pushing me through things. That and my pops, you know, because unfortunately he lost his job because of the medical bills. Mm. They they dropped him. And then God works his miracle. Hey, when I say when one door closes, another door opens, my dad got a job that pays more, does more. He has more time off. I got Soon as soon as he lost that one, I know he was he was doing whatever he was doing. He was doing this. Then he moved to Dallas because that's where his new job happened. So during my senior year, he would come to some games. Then he'll fly in and he'd go because he was handling his business. And I knew he had to handle his business. Mm -hmm. Like I understand, but now I really appreciate it more because I understand what you really have to do to provide for the people you love. The sacrifice. Sacrifice is one of the craziest things and things people don't understand. Yeah. Time and sacrifices, things people will never understand. But you got to do it. It's crazy. Whew. All right. Recovery. Road to recovery, man. Yeah. Road to recovery. So you in there, you got to run straight. So yeah. How long did it take you to get back into basketball playing shape? And what did that workout so look like? That, so, that so Chris teased me a little bit. Pause. So this is how it happened, right? So he was like, I, ran, I remember I had to run this last sprint. And I, it was called, we called them team reminders, mm -hmm. right? And we had to make it, I had to make it under a minute five because of, you know, I'm still learning how to use my body. So I'm running as hard as I can. I'm, and he's not making me touch the line. He's making me touch the wall to wall, right? So I made the time, boom. Then he's making me do finishes. He had the, you know, the pad. Yep. And so he's hitting me to see if I fall, how did my body react, right? So I'm going for a layup, boom. I got to get back up. Going for another layup, boom. Get back. And like he making me foul and I'm falling like really hard. I had to learn how to fall. And so he teaching me, like, no, this is what you gotta do. This is how I do it. This is how you do it. This is how you protect yourself. And so from then, once I did that and I checked off all the lists, Corey, you gonna play. You're gonna suit out. I said, bet, bet, I'm gonna suit out. I'm... So so people see me in warm-ups, they're like, oh, Corey gonna play tonight. Corey gonna play tonight, right? He's like, but we already talked about it. We, he, he said, come to my office. He said, Corey. You're not gonna play tonight, but I'm gonna have you suit up. And then we just, you're gonna suit up. I want you to feel part of the team, right? 
So I was just nervous to suit up. I'm like, yo, my, my body, because you never know. He might call, because something might happen. He might have to call us a, a real shootout here. And so you never know. But that right there gave me some more motivation. Like, oh, I got the jersey back on. I got my shoes back on. The shoes feel, oh, you, you feel that, different. You achieved a part of your goal. The small goal. Yeah. The small goal. But I seen there's a finish on the other hill, right? And so I went through practice the next week, right? He called me in the day. It was against Dickinson, right? He called me in. He was like, okay, I think you're ready. What'd you think? I was like, you, you call it, I'm ready, right? And he's like, all right, tell your mom and your pops to go to the game, but don't tell them you're gonna play. Just be like, hey, y'all pulling up, ask them if they pulling up to the game today. And so I did. So when I went home, I said, hey, and my dad was in town. And so I asked my mom, I said, hey, y'all going to the game? He's like, yeah, we're going to the game. My dad was like, ah, and then, I was like, Dad, you haven't checked out none of our games this year. He's like, all right, I'll go to one game, man. I'll go to your game. I know you ain't going to play, but I'll go to your game. I said, bet. Right? So the game happens, right? And so we get to the game. They're doing warm-ups. They're like, you warming up? Like, we doing this, that, whatever. Cool. And then so towards the end of the first quarter, right, it's like probably like one minute left. He subs me in. My mom like this. My dad was like, my dad was like, everybody was like, <gasps> like, and so I ain't never had goosebumps in my life. Or I ain't never been starstruck in my life. I ain't, but that moment right there, it felt like, you ever felt like you just finished the test and you're just like, <sighs> I didn't feel like that. I felt so <laughs> I tense. Like, <laughs> I felt so tense, brother. And I said, when I said, I'm like, I can't mess this up. I can't, I can't fall. I can't run. I don't know. So then. I get in, they swing it to me. I shoot my first shot, air ball. Hey. I said, oh my God. He's like, sub. He said, you good. He said, if you don't shoot, I'm going to knock you out. I said, all right, coach, coach. He ain't nothing to knock you out, but you keep shooting. I was like, all right, coach, I got you, I got you. Right? And so he put me back in the third quarter. I mean, the, yeah, third quarter, because it was towards the end. Right? He put me back in the third quarter. He's like, court, no matter if you touch that ball, you shoot it. Don't do nothing else, shoot it. I said, say less. Right? So we playing, we playing, we swung it. I got me a rebound. I kicked it out. And he was mad because he was like, what are you doing down there? Because he didn't want me to get hurt. Right. I was like, what are you doing down there, right? I was like, all right, my bad, my bad, my bad. So he called a timeout. He drew up the play, right? So he's like, Corey, you're going to make this shot. I said, I got you. I was nervous. My hands was like this. I got you, I got you, I got you. Boy, I ain't nervous, so nervous in my life, right? And this was like, it was like five seconds left in the, in the clock in the third quarter, right? And so we was making this. He made the play, right? He drew up the play. And so he set a down screen for me to come up the floor, right? I came up the floor. As soon as I came up the floor, he said, catch and shoot it. Don't do nothing else. Caught, shot it. It was nothing but that. Everybody went crazy. I was like, like, I finally had that relief of I made it. I did this. I looked at my mom. I looked at my dad. The doctors was there. I didn't know they was going to tell them to come to the game. And so, like, this, that's when I, I didn't break down crying. I didn't break down crying until... The end of the game. Because yeah. everybody left. And I was just sitting on the house just like this. like, Because it all just, it all just yeah. came through. Like, yeah. pause. It all just, I was just like, like, it felt like I was holding everything in, right? And so, like, all I could do is, only words I said was, thank God. Yeah. I just, it was just, I, I was lost for words. I cried. And, and I was just sitting in the locker because everybody was waiting. But I was like, I can't move. Like, yeah. you got to understand, like, 
Like, I was excited to leave and go talk to people, but I was like, I had to take a moment for myself. I talked to God, I said, we did it. We did it. The, the whole first surgery to the to not knowing if, if you're gonna be a normal kid again, to coming back to coming back to the people calling you names, to learning how you gotta pass another test, something else will pop up. And there's still a lot of stuff I didn't get to say. And this pop up, now this happened. Okay, we gotta figure out how he's gonna do this. Okay, what helmet can let we're gonna let him play. Then at the same time, I was losing colleges because they didn't know if I was going to be able to play again. Then they see I had to play with a UFC helmet, learning how to dribble with the thing. that So the UFC helmet makes you look like this, like you got tunnel vision. So that's yeah, why I didn't want me to dribble. You got dribble blinders on? Boy, <laughs> yeah, they was, they was, I, was, I was like this. I couldn't <laughs> see nobody. I'm handling the rock. I'm like, bro, I can't see nothing. And so I'm, I'm learning how to, I got to really look because yeah. they can literally back tab and I could never see them, right? And so this explains a lot. Why? Because when you first started <laughs> passing, when we was training the pros, Bro, Corey I, I could not. He has no peripheral. I had no peripheral. Like <laughs> that helmet. A whole lot. That helmet. I literally had to play for two years. I had to do this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't see. Like I'm. I couldn't see. And so I learned. I had to learn how to play through that. Then I had to pass. Chris's test was probably one of the hardest basketball tests I ever took in my life, just to get my body right. And then I had to do the warm-ups with the teaser and then going through practice and then airballing the first shot and putting it in my head like, damn, I just got to keep shooting. Like, all that just, I broke down. Yeah. Teared up just a little bit. Not too much, but I teared up just a little bit. And I was just like, <sighs> like, yeah, wow. That burden lifted. Like, now I can, I, I, what's next? Like, that's, yeah. that's what a lot of people, you know, when you finally achieve something, the what's next is the hardest part. Like, think about a pro. You know, they play in their career, right? And let's say it's time for them to retire. What is next? That's the hardest part of figuring out how to live. Like, what's next for me? Yeah. You know, because I know about the schools. I know about this. I know about that. I don't know if they're going to let me play AU, which I didn't get to play AU after my sophomore year anymore. Okay. Which is strictly high school. Um, Okay, what school am I going to? Uh, okay, what am I going to do now? Okay, what is my learning? Like, I got so much stuff going on, but then I realized I just got to stay in the moment. Yeah. And so... So what was next? What was next is I went to... I had practice the next day. That was the first <laughs> thing I had to focus on. I had workout. I came back in the morning, got straight back to my routine. And that's what helped me keep saying going into high school. I kept a routine. Even though everything that happened, I went back to my routine. And... This, my senior year was really the craziest year. My junior year was okay, but then when people around the world found out, and I had to come up here to LA to go on Fox Live with Gary Payton, flew me out and stuff like that, and I uh, did a whole bunch of different interviews down in Texas, uh, played ones against James Harden, and when I was in a camp when I was young, in high school, my senior year, and so that's when people seen, oh, time out. He hoping with a helmet on, like, what's going on? And people didn't know I had four brain surgeries, which was, I didn't really, really like, realize yeah. how, like, traumatic it was until I actually really, and I didn't really do this until I actually graduated college, and people kept telling me, bro, you need to come out with a book. Bro, you need to come out with, a, like, a movie. Like, that movie would be dope. Like, you, you should really 
tell and show the story. Like, I feel like a lot of people would, like, your movie would be, like, top two, not two of that year. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And so my parents, I was like, hey, dad, mom, can I see the videos and pictures that you have and the letters? And my mom, bless her soul, she was with me every single day from the very first day, right? So she wrote, logged, on May, da-da-da-da, on this, on this, wow. on this. So she wrote that. God made her do that. I don't think, she just wrote it, right? And so my dad, when he saw my mom writing down, he's like, well, I'm just going to take pictures. And so they video took the whole thing. Dang. And so I'm looking at it. I'm like, I did that. <laughs> That's why you know the story so well, too, because you got, you got to be watching it and I'm see it watching over and it, and, over and, and every time I watch it, it's, it's a different feeling. Man. It's, it's crazy because the first time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I just went through something. Second time I watch it, I'm like, wait a minute. The third time I watch it, I'm like, yo, that is crazy. And so, yeah, watching that, your head, your brain move while you chilling is wild. It was, it was wild, bro. Like, get over that. bro, like I was <laughs> eating food. I was eating <laughs> food, and that time was like, <laughs> I was like, so, and then I then I had a thought, right? Just just to say, I was like, I wonder when. And this is when I was young. He's like, so I wonder when people think, right? You know how car engines they go when they run. I was like, I wonder when people think. Like, do your brain go? So I was. I was not, 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 not trying to be funny, bro. But I look, know, I was question. like, I was like, so I started trying to think hard, right? This is when I was still trying to learn yeah. how to how my body worked. So I was like thinking hard, and I was looking in the mirror like this. Was it move? Did it move? Move just like a little bit. Right. Like, right. like, I, was like, I was like, yo, that's so tough, <laughs> so tough. It was so tough. It was so tough. Dope. All but right. So senior year was um, you. It was you, you it played was, still, and I you played. Had this, I got uh, my spot back. Oh, it was it was go time. But you got it was a celebrity too. It was um, like a celebrity status. And it was weird for me, cause I've been I've been chill, like I don't yeah. do much, right? And so, I'm I still had the I gotta leave five minutes early, even though because it still hasn't developed and meshed together. But uh, before that happened, I went to a camp, like a rockets camp, cause I had this PA PR lady, right? And uh, she was like, when they found out about the story, it was like, hey, we want to write it up in. This newspaper, cool, whatever. Now we want to write it in the Houston Chronicle. It was like the major mm-hmm. news of Houston. They wrote it in that. Then they was like, okay, uh, James wants you to come to this camp, and they want you to meet James. They, you're supposed to meet him. I wasn't supposed to play him, nothing, right? And so we get to the camp, and cool was going on. Me and my homeboy, Josh. Josh like best friend. He's the one that drove me home when I was sick the very first day, yeah. right? And... Since then, I took him everywhere. He's been going with me everywhere. Uh, through that whole process, I was like, Josh, you pulling up. Like, you, you my bodyguard, bro. Like, come on. Come on. And so he came with me to the camp. We both balled out at the camp. And then it was like, oh, they picked a couple campers to play against James. So they picked the little ones. You know how they pick at the camp. Yep. So they picked me. So they picked me, him. They picked two little kids, his cousin, James's cousin, and then me, right? And so the two little kids went first, and then they played me. And guess which move I used? His step back? No. I was using Rondo series before I knew the Rondo series. <laughs> I hit him, I was driving, I hit him between the legs and I pushed. I showed here, I put a floater with my right hand. Everybody was like, oh. And I, I didn't play with a helmet right there. 
I took my helmet off to play because my helmet was over there because I didn't know they was going to pick me. Oh, snap. So I was nervous. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely about to pump fake this man. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, I'm not jumping. Like, if, if he don't jump, I'm just going to handle the ball. That was my game plan. <laughs> so I showed him, he, he jumped. I said, oh, that's a layup. And so when I did that, I was like, oh, shoot, I caught him. And then I walked back. But everybody was dabbing me up. I was like, hey, not too much, not too much, not too much. <laughs> right? And so I went back. And then the video people, they was like, wait a minute. They saw me go to my mom and put my helmet on. And so that's when they videotaped. They was like, wait a minute. Who is this kid? So they went to go ask my mom. They was like, hey, why is he wearing a helmet? He just had four brain surgeries. And, and you know, my mom didn't play that cool, but yeah, I would play right. that. And they was like, what? What happened? So they told my mom a story. They was like, hey, can we do a feature on him? And then when the feature happened, uh, that same day, James didn't know I was the guy he was supposed to meet. And he was like, yo. You the kid that, and I was like, yeah. To this day, I still don't think he remembers. But for me, that was a moment in my life. Yeah, that's right? dope, man. And so we met. We talked to the chopped this it up. This is cool. MVP James. Yeah, this is when he was with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. You know what I'm this saying? MVP James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> averaging 30, 40, and 25. <laughs> no, but he was hooping. And so um, then after that, uh, I left. Right, and then I was chilling. I was like. And my boy Josh, because he was a, he was a uh, he was a fan of the Rockets too, and uh, we was well, I was a fan of the Lakers, right? But you know I was a fan of basketball, and so I was like, yo, you know I just he was like, bro, you got lucky, bro. He jumped like he was. I'm like, bro, why you hating, bro? Like, come on. <laughs> and so my phone started going off like, this is when I knew like, yo, my life about to change. My phone started going. He mentioned me. He was like, yo, uh, this. Uh, this guy today just really changed my life. This like you Instagram? Know? Yeah, on Instagram. Uh, and so I got the video. I can show you after this. But um, he was like, yo, this really changed my life. Like how everything just went into full like circle. Blah, blah, blah. I forgot what he said. But he said, and he mentioned my name. And then everybody in the comments, do, 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 do. So then I got people from my high school. I'm like, why you mentioning me? Why you put me? And this is before you can put somebody on your story, right? There's okay. commenting, right? And so I'm like, what did he do? And I'm like, yo, Josh, we in the car. He said, look at this. I showed him. He was like, yo. I said, bro, our lives about to change. He's like, no, yours. I said, nah, bro, wherever I go, you go. <laughs> like, our lives about to change. He's like, I bet, we'll see. So the day, day goes on. So I, I had like probably like $2,000 after that, like right there, right? When I wake up the next day, I'm at like 50K. I kid you not, on my Miracle Man page, I deleted that like page before. No, no, no. I deleted it when I was going into college because I wanted to, I didn't want people to, I didn't want to be like that, right? I deleted it. it I deleted it. I'm, it. It happened, right? So then that's when I made like a different court. It was, I was young. I didn't know. But anyway. All good. It was, it was young. God bless I deleted, you. I deleted that Instagram. Don't do that again. Right? And so... <laughs> And because I was like, man, this is just—it's a part of your journey. It's a part of your story. It's a but I didn't—I deleted. I have the photos. I just deleted. All the, the pictures are nice. No, but it's the—it's all part of your story to where you are. Today. I know. I know. It's I all know, good. You I was know. young. I was young. I was young. It's and all good. Living life, and I was like, man, I'm gonna delete this. And I was like, oh, now I realize. All but good. so when uh, my phone started blowing, up, I was like, yo, mom, like you see this? She was like, yo, that's crazy. So then we was just watching, we was at this uh, barbecue joint called Papa Do's, right? Mm -hmm. I love Papa Do's. And yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I just don't eat that type of food no more, respectfully. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
We were at the spot called Papados, and my mom's friend, her name is Charlotte, called her. She's like, yo, turn on the TV. She was like, well, we're at this sports bar. She was like, go look at Fox Sports Live. Gary Payton just shut out Corey. We was like, Gary Payton? What does that have to do with Corey? <laughs> so they put it on the TV. They're like, yo, our best person in sports today is Corey Smith. Uh, you know, he in Houston, Texas, he went to James Camp, James Mission. He's like, Corey, I'm coming to see you. Yada, yada, yada. DM me, da, da, da. I never DM him. My PR people did, right? Okay. So my PR people DM'd him. And that's when I, how I flew to LA. He was like, yo, I'm going to send you a private jet uh, to come up to LA. I want you and your mom to come visit LA for a little bit. Come see me for a day. Come on my show. We're going to chop it up. And you'll come back and, you know, live normal There's life. There's video of all this stuff, too? Yeah, my mom has it. Okay. And so when we went, I went to Foxboard Live. I'm like, yo, like, this is crazy. I'm like, they want to see me, like, I ain't got nothing to say, right? <laughs> but but I was like, it's going to be cool. So we went on the plane. It was a regular plane, though, respectfully, respectfully. And then uh, we went on the plane. It was good. It was first class. Seat, first class. Okay, there we go. And then uh, when we went there, we had a driver. This is my first time with anything, like a driver, and say, Corey Smith. I said, see, I might be the only Corey Smith here, brother. Like, mom, it might be for us. I said, you know, I was like, dang. It's, it's cool, it's cool. So I just kept it cool. I kept it cooled up. You know what I'm saying? I had my shades on. I kept it cool. Hollywood. We talked about this. He <laughs> <laughs> was Hollywood before you was in Hollywood. I, I, I kept it cool. <laughs> so I was keeping it cool. And then uh, as soon as we got in the car, I was like, yo, this is tough. He was like, sir, you want water? Da, da, da. I was like, sir. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing stuff. So this is when I started. I was like, oh, okay. And so we went to the hotel. Then he was like, hey, wherever you want to go. We had to be at Fox Sports Live this time, but let me know where I want to go. I said, bet. Say left. So we drove around. First time I saw Staples Center. Uh, it was the first time I've ever been in L.A., mm -hmm. like, period. And so we was driving around. I was like, Mom, I could live here. And that was crazy, right? I said, Mom, I could live here. Was, she was like, ah, don't worry about it, whatever, right? She didn't believe me. I was like, Mom, I really think I could live here. And so we went to Spots, Spots, uh, Fox Sports, right? So we went in, and they the... They had somebody greet us. I forgot her name. Uh, she came and greeted us. She's like, so here's the Fox Sports studio. Da, da, da. Gary's going to meet y'all later. You're going to meet him in the meeting room when y'all meet to talk about what we're going to talk about on the show. I said, huh? I got to have a meeting? Like, first of all. And she was like, yeah, you're going to meet such, 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 such. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, whatever, whatever. And so when we went, uh, I walked in. I was like, mom, take a picture of me by the sign. I'm Fanboy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm living life. Yes, I'm young. As you should. So then after that, we took we took our pictures. We did this. We did that. And then she was like, hey, it's time for you to go to the meeting. I said, all right, bet. Take me to the meeting. I was like, okay, I'm just going to the meeting. My first little meeting. They had a little they had a little long table. They had Gary and the other three co-hosts that was there. And then I was on this side. And then they had the producers on this side. So they was like. So, you know, they was all sitting like this. So I was like, I guess I got to sit like that. So I was sitting like this. Like, mirror the room. Mirror the room. <laughs> so they was like, he was like, yeah, so this is what we're going to do with the segment. Da, 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 da. And then Corey, come on. I'm like, okay, 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 yeah, I'm coming on. In my head, I'm jumping. I'm like, yo, you don't even know what you're going to say, but this is going to go crazy, right? And so then I was like, okay, break. Like, they was like, Corey, is there, is there anything you want to say in the segment? Uh, you know, I had to change my voice. I had to act like I had a deeper voice. So I was like this. I kid you not. I was like, nah, it's like, whatever you need me to say, I'm cool with it. Uh, just let me know what y'all need me to say. And so, so 
They looked at me. They was like, "Oh my oh, god!" Snaps. My mom started busting out laughing. Oh though. my god! And I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, chill, bro. Like, why did chill. you go with that voice? <laughs> so look, so look, so T, so T, right? So then they was like, okay, we're gonna take him to his makeup room, right? So I had to go put makeup on. I said, makeup? I said, I said, mom, I'm not about to put on this makeup. They was like, just, just, just go see, right? I was like, I'm not about to put on makeup. And so Josh called me. He's like, bro, how's it going? I said, bro, they about to make me put on makeup, bro. He said, bro, don't tell nobody that. I said, respect, respect. <laughs> and so we, I got in the room, and they had an outfit for me, right? And I was like, how do they know my size? And my mom was like, I'll text them the size. But I got it. I had already brought a sweater that I was going to wear, right? So they had, like, the other stuff. And I brought my shoes. Corey think he got drip. Let's just uh, make this all clear. Come on, he, I got some drip, drip, you know so. what I'm saying? Shout out Go to ahead. my boy Legend, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> drippy drip. But, but it was smooth. It was a smooth little fit. So... Then they had their show going on, and then they say, hey, it's time for you on set. I was like, oh, it's time now. Like, is she done? Like, I make sure my hair is good, everything. She's like, you good to go. And the reason why they put makeup on is so I wouldn't have, like, spots from the, yeah. like, light. I didn't know that's what it was, though. Oh, yeah, that's the real thing. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, don't do too much, not too much makeup. Like, I ain't got bad skin. Like, yeah. don't do too much makeup. Like, chill out, chill out. And so when uh, they walked in, he was like, hey, what I tell y'all, I told y'all I was going to be Corey on the show, man. Best person in sports last week, but I wanted to talk to him, man, talk about him, to talk about his story and stuff like that. So we got to the stage, corner Corey Smith, man, I had the smoothest walk, but I felt like I was about to trip every step I took. Cause I was like, dang, I still know I ain't got my balance. So I'm in, I'm like looking lanky, walking, knowing the, the sweat I bought way too big, but it's all good, right? So I sat down, I was like, it's like, welcome to the store. Uh, welcome to the uh, show, Corey. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank oh, you, my thank God. You did not and try then, to do And then, voice. no, but here's the thing. I had to go back to my regular voice because my voice squeaked. So this will happen. He was like, so, Corey, man, how how they treating you uh, at school? Uh, he was like, man, he, he went back to dog and they blah, 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 whatever. Right? And I was like, ha, ha. I was like, nah. Um, but... <laughs> And then, so then after that, I was like, I got to go back to my normal voice, bro. And it was crazy. And so I was like, it's cool. It's cool. But it was it was something that oh I gosh. learned. When I learned that moment is, I'm never switching my voice. Ever again? <laughs> I'm never switching. But other, other than that, it was, it was cool. And you could tell, like, it was fun. Oh, like, then they was asking me, like, what my grade point average was and stuff like that. And I still had a 4.0. And because I, I, I made sure everything was still locked in. Yeah. But when I got back, when I told, when I tell you when I flew, when I flew back to Lake City, Texas, I went back to Clear Springs. When I say that, not the first day, the second day, when the when the video actually came out and everybody right, saw right. it, it was like, oh, that's that's no, we saw you on the like big fan, da da da, right? And so after that, yo, I had TV crews like. The news come in, hey Corey, and so then they they watch my game. So my first like real senior game, yo, it was standing packed room, out. packed out, packed out. How'd you do? Oh, I was hooping that night. <laughs> I was hooping that night. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was nervous like the first two minutes because it was my first time hooping with the helmet, no stops. First time I'm getting set in the starting lineup, right? Everything was cool, but I was nervous for sure. But after the, after I seen the first ball going, we good, right? Yeah. And then so still learning how to use my body, learning how to play with this helmet and stuff like that. And so, but everything else was cool. But I, every week, it would be somebody else trying to report. Every week. But what I found out is how you got to keep your, your circle small, right? Mm. Here's why. Because at my school, I was seeing, like, people that I didn't know, like, try to be like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, 
I don't know you. I don't know you. Like, who are you? And so yeah. I was like, oh, I appreciate you. Like, what's up? Da, da, da. And like, man, I've been, I've been seeing you play since you was da, 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 freshman year. Da, da. You've been hooping, bro. Like, you really called me out. Like, what was that? Da, da. Like, cool. Like, appreciate you. Appreciate you. But I learned, I like, I, I rock with you. I rock with you. I rock with you. We good. No, that inner like, circle is it, real, man. That's so what I'm saying. So I was like, bro, anybody would try to get in your circle when you succeed, when you succeed in. But I kept the same dogs I rock with. It's, I want to talk. I want to talk about that for a second because I think it's important to understand, right? So, you have your day ones, right? Right. Like you said, Josh, right? Day one, he was there. He was there from jump. And there's a point though in your life where you have day twos. You do. Right. Where you do have to let people in your circle to allow you to continue to build and grow. Right. And identifying who those people are is the tricky part. It is. I think people bring people into their circle who pollute their circle, right? Right. Who are toxic. But then you bring other people in your circle who elevate you. Exactly. So here's a question for you then, T. How do you know when to trust somebody? It's built over time. And it's built through their character. Don't watch their actions. Watch how they treat everyone else except you. That's what people need to know. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, like th- just like when I met Chris and met you. Exactly. How I knew y'all were like real people who should, I should be in a circle with right. is how Chris treats, how he treated me. The business that he was on was Facts. the same wavelength. We were in the same mindset of, about how we grow. And I think that's what's important. And we support each other in our growth. Just, right. just Hoop was born, right? I was around with Chris. Right. It used to be CJ5, right? I was, <laughs> I was there. I was there during days. And then Just yeah. Hoop came along and he was like, y'all, the brand's about to be Just Hoop. And then around the same time is when I started taking core a little serious, yes. more serious. I remember. And we. You know, I mean, Chris is training NBA players and doing things on a, you know, larger but, scale. But y'all both realm. started launching at the same time. That's it. And so, and so that's a good example versus someone who I may have been in, you know, in a, a trainer with or partnered with in something or whatever right. it is where the way they wanted to grow wasn't the same as mine. And so mm-hmm. you look at people's life or their character and how they do things and where they're headed and how they are working to where they're headed. I'm not trying to, I don't want anybody to give me, um, I don't want anybody to give me anything that's not for me. Like God gives me those opportunities. And so with that, if we happen to, you know, collaborate on something, it's Mm because God ordained it, not because Todd wanted it. And I had to learn that the hard way because I'm around, we around people. We are around power people because of the, the industry that we work in. And so I'm asking for a handout, right? It's been tempting. Like, hey, how can I? get where you're at. What do I need to do? Like, I've wanted to do that, but I mm-hmm. knew it's like, no, I just, right need to, I just need to grow. Facts. And so that circle is important for you to recognize who they are, especially when they're around other people, not just you, and if they're on the same, going in the same direction that you're going in. I, I like that because, and I think a lot of kids, a lot of people need mentors this is where mentors come in because mentors, if they're really for you, you'll see your set, your success like come out of nowhere. Like here's the reason why I say that. Cause Chris, like my day one Josh, like if I need, hey Josh, what's good, bro? Like, you know, if I need it, boom. But my my right hand guy right now, Chris, everywhere I go, y'all see, nah, this not how we moving, Corey, this is how we moving. Boom. And He's put me in a position that, and he's blessed me in so many ways. Pause. But, like, 
I understand now that what a mentor is supposed to do and how to nourish someone into how this world is supposed to be, how business is, or how you want to incorporate, or how you want to be an entrepreneur, or whatever. Like, your mentor, if, if you have, I want to say it like this. If you and your mentor are always on the same page, and y'all always connected, and y'all always doing this, there ain't no way in the world that y'all will both won't be successful, because y'all both going to get something out of it. Yep. It's easy. Reason why is because y'all both build it on the same stream, right? A lot of, you got to, people think like mentors is like, ah, they're just going to tell me what to do. Nah, they're going to tell you what works for them and they're going to tell you what didn't work for them so you won't have to make the same mistake. Yep. But a lot of people are so like, ah, I got to do this. Nah, player. <laughs> I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the back seat. Just See, you tell it. me what I need to do. And, and I'm going to tell this part of the story because I've been able to see it since at least you moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Is it so Chris was talking about you coming to L.A. from the jump, like before right. you were here. Like, hey, my kid, Corey, once he graduates, he's going to be here in six months. Like literally knew you were coming. And, you know, that's why Corey right. Prep was set up for you to, to work and, yeah. you know, get things going right. And it was like, cool. But Chris always had that plan for you. He's like, nah, Corey's been with me. I've known him since he was 10. He knows the system. He right. knows what this work is about. He's a grinder. He's going to be set up to be in that position of protege. He knew it before. He was saying that five right. years, six years ago. Let me say, he said that six years ago, right? And then when you come here, what you did is hard to do. Whatever Chris asked you to do <laughs> on oh. that court and within the business, you were like, yep. And it, was, it came at a huge sacrifice. 18 hour days, not lying, on the court for 18 hours a day. I'm t- I remember telling you the first time, I said, Ty, what do I need to do for my feet? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Ty was like, what are you talking about? I was like, he said, bro, you need to get some soles. I said, you're right. Get some soles and roll your feet. <laughs> roll, your like, feet. You, roll your feet. Because we were on the court and my you, goodness. there is no, this past pre-draft, right, the young boys came in. And we're we getting, you know, we're going to go to 8 a.m. Corey come, man. Yo, yo, what's up? We here, yo, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yo, why he got so much? Why he got so much energy? I'm like, yo, That's Corey. I said, y'all don't know Corey. I said, Corey is just happy to be alive. We understand that. <laughs> He's had four brain surgeries. They're like, what? I remember I told Noah. Noah was like, what? Like, go ask him what happened. He did. I said, the energy that he has is because he is grateful for just life and just to be here. The energy he shows, if y'all see Corey on the court, y'all know his energy is, oh. to, is ball heads. If y'all know what the ball head <laughs> is in the workout, it's a ball oh. head every time because they're, like you said, you take for what's right in front of you and you work at it, man. Right. I hope you get sleep one day. <laughs> I really hope you do, brother, because that's important for you man, too. Man, man, when I say I'll go to sleep at 12.30, wake up at 4.30, 4.45, and I just keep it moving. Reason, but here's the reason why, though, is I feel like, and I know I'm not saying I'm a health guy, and I'm not saying I'm a health expert, but I feel like I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm not human in the sense of I feel like I only need like four hours of sleep to operate. And I know it's wrong. I know it's not right. So all y'all about to come at me talking about, I think, no, I think it's you different. need six, seven, eight hours. What you think? My studies, studies that I've researched, right, because I'm huge on the sleep right. stuff right now, is that each person needs a different amount. Mm-hmm. Now, you're probably functioning off of four, where right now it's your age and the responsibilities you have. Right. 
Once you start getting married and have kids, that's going to change. Facts. Right? Where different factors just happen in your life, those things change. And my advice to you now is to find out how much sleep you need. They have mm. the technology that you could just literally wear when you sleep to let you know if you're fully... I finally got me an aura ring. There you I'm go. I'm not wearing it today. Though. You can use that. Uh, they have the whoop. It's a uh, bracelet that you wear mm. where it literally is all it's focused on how much rest you need and if it's proper. And so there's ways to measure if you're getting mm. enough rest for you. Um, you stay on the grind, but also you're to the point now. <laughs> you've grinded so hard in this game that you have, uh, you have the opportunity now to time manage again. Right. That's what you were great at when you were young. You time managed. And so get back to that, brother. That's some, some, some good advice that. for you because you, you can do it. Yeah, I, I've learned time, time, resources, health. Three things people yeah, put always... Health, health is number one. Respect. Health, yeah. <laughs> time, and resources. It's never about money. It will never, ever be about money. Your health is the number one thing because you can't enjoy your life without good health. Yeah. Number two, time. Your time is everything. How you spend your time... Is how people say, ah, I'm wasting time, or ah, you're never wasting time if you understand how to manage your time, right? What you're telling me to do. And number three, resources. If I build connections, right, those connections will help me get resources to places I never even thought of, right? Like Japan do, or like Africa. Like Japan, uh. Africa, <laughs> Paris, places I never thought I'll ever be. Yeah. I put it on my like wish list and, and my vision board like people right i gotta out. stop you because we jumped your whole life so because i think this is an important part right you still became a college player right you still played in college so just a brief uh you know brief little thing about your college experience and what that was like playing in college was a lot of fun um you know getting to travel going to play against different teams different competition where'd you play at i played at concordia university okay and so being able to play at one of the highest levels, you know, because a lot of people don't get to play college basketball. Yep. You know, that's actually a privilege. And, you know, you should never take it for granted. If you ever have the opportunity, you take it no matter where it's at. Yep. And so the second thing I learned playing college basketball is that you really have to learn how to have self-discipline. Here's why. A lot of my teammates, I'm not calling out no names, a lot of my teammates after like season, we'll slow down going to classes. Cause you know, when you're in college, you're on your own, right? And so you have to have self-discipline to keep working out, to keep showing up on time, yeah. to keep showing up to where you're supposed to be. So if you committed to something, you stay committed, you know? And it takes a lot of self-discipline, a lot of consistency, and a lot of, what's the word? A lot of uh, respect that you have for yourself to actually be a college athlete or just uh, a business person or just a, a great human being, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I've learned from college and playing basketball and that experience is that, you know, games come and go really mm -hmm. fast. But the moments you have in practice, the moments you have on road trips that people don't talk about, the moments when you're you giggling and laughing when you're walking into the hotel or you're tired, coming from one of the long road trips, or you're flying, because I remember we was in Colorado, right? It's cold. We got out, because we had time, we got out, had a snowball fight. Like, those yeah. are the type of moments that I experienced playing college basketball. Yeah. Like, those are the moments that I love. Like, I love my basketball moments, like hitting game winners. I've had two or three game winners in college. And so, you know, because I can shoot the rock. But, <laughs> you keep talking put about it this. Out there, put it out there. <laughs> but, 
it's it's those moments that you live for. People live for moments. Like you watch moments, moments, moments. Stay in the moment. Stay present in the moment. And so in college, it goes by so fast. Like I I'm I was talking to Karina yesterday. I was like, man, I feel old. She was like, why? She was like, because I really thought those kids was in high school and they look older. And they was like, well, they're just like one year, two year in college. Like, yeah, I know I feel old. Yeah, well, like the reason why though is because when I when I see other people and I see their age, I can actually see myself. Like, dang, I used to be that young. I remember what I used to do when I was that young. That's right, yeah, listen. And so it's my twenty year twenty year reunion is this year. That's great. My so ten years school. this year. Yeah, so you young. I know. I know. Yeah, but so stop saying that. When I see them, I'm like, I'm like, yo. That's why I'd be like, Father Tom, you a different brother, my brother. You a father. You a different, <laughs> different brother, my brother. Oh my goodness. Like it but but it really makes you think like, yo, like when I was in college, I'm like, every game yeah. made me realize, like, I'm just going to play one minute. I'm playing as hard as I can. He's going to take me out, so whatever. Right. I'm playing five minutes as hard as I can. I'm not leaving anything on the court. Yeah. If I come out, but I never let a turnover, a missed jump shot, whatever, get to me because I knew at the end, of the, when I get taken out, I go back to zero, zero yeah. in my head. Yeah. So I can't hold nothing from the last time I was in. Yeah. So I give myself an automatic reset. You need to do right. that when these NBA players give you buckets. Because nah, you be but, getting hot. <laughs> Yo, watch the film, y'all. He's telling the truth. I've never seen Corey complain about <laughs> anything in life. And he gets passed up really, really fast. A very graceful and forgetful heart. Until somebody gives him buckets, he takes it personal. I, he don't care who it is I, Hey, bro, that's the he competitor. He gets so yeah, you got You got to be a competitor. But now let's think about this, though. You know, those players are one in a million. They're rare, right? They're the one percenters. Yes, right? yes, yes. Right. Being a being an athlete like that, making millions like that, they're one percenters. So when when I go at them, I'm like, man, you can't you ain't gonna give me like that, dog. I, I see what you do out there, man. I know what you do. And with our shadow boxing, I know where you gotta be at, right? So when we shadow box and we train, we force players into things that we want them to work on. So when they see that scenario in the game, they understand how to read, yes. react, and make the right decision, right? Because everything in basketball is decision-based yep. off of different scenarios. And so that's what we do in shadow box. But sometimes I'm just test your, you know, I'm going to test you out, pause, and see like, yo, can you fight, right? And so I might change my move, hey, five, four, and then we playing. Yep, but that's five. the best part about training Yes, is you get to hoop. Like, yeah. like nowadays training is like, ah, let's go, boom, boom, boom. But it's it's changing. You can see, I can see on Instagram people are changing the way they train, which is uh, which I love because I want people to have, I want everybody to have the best experience. I hate on nobody. I hate on no trainers. I've learned from different trainers. I've yeah. just learned from Chris. I learned from you. I learned from Zach. I learned from Kyle, big dog. Shout out to Kyle. You know, I've learned from those guys because if you're if if you're not humble enough to learn, you could never get better yourself. Yeah, talk about it. And so it's never been a fight with coaches. The fight with you is you versus you, yeah. right? Shout out, go see Just Win. Go see the, uh, all the 10 minutes to win. But um, it's real. Like, it's really you versus you. I never have to compete with anybody because they never run my race. Yeah. And I'll never run theirs. Yeah, your race is different, man. Exactly. Ain't nobody else have, have gone what through Drake what you It's through. a marathon, not a sprint, a sprint, but I still got to win the race. Yep. And so... I'm always, I'm always focused on what do I do now? What is, what am I supposed to do? How can I continue my race? 
beautiful, man. So let's talk about it, man. So you you moved to LA yep. and you become a MBA trainer. <laughs> like I'm throwing into the fire. We we talk about I we started at time. six AM, finished at six PM every day. Um what what was that like just jumping into this? I remember my first time, right? My sister, me and my sister came out, right? And I think this is when I first met you. And so we had Andrew Harrison and the brothers training, the Harrison twins, and they was training. And I walked into the gym. I'm, I'm excited. I'm seeing who I'm seeing. I'm like, yo, I, I played against them. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm not starstruck. I'm like, okay, I played against them, right? Cool. And then Chris was like, yo, what you doing? I said, I just got here. What are you, what are you mad at me for? Put the shoes on. Let's go. I said, oh, oh, put my shoes on. I'm thinking I'm about to rebound. No, play defense. I said, time out. Wait a minute. <laughs> Pause. Hold on, player. What you need me to do to play defense? I don't even know what we're working on. <laughs> he said, and then if I mess up, Corey, what you know? <sighs> and then. First two years was rough, boy. I'm like, I'm like, man, can a brother get a break? Like, I just got here. I literally just got off the plane. Put my stuff down in the hotel. I'm Texas, man. And this is when he just got, I think he just got the Apple Watch, right? Because he was, he was typing. He was, yo, I'm like, I can't even hear what he said. Like, I don't even know. Send me the address. I'm seeing your address. Boom. And he had somebody send the address. I got there. Yo, we going. Boom, boom, boom. And so getting thrown to the fire like that was probably one of the hardest things when I first came up here. And that was just the first week I, I just came up here, like for the first two or three days. And then the last day... I started getting the hang of things, but I knew I didn't know what was going on. He, he kept telling me this. <laughs> you got five years, man. <laughs> you got 10 more years, dog. <laughs> but you're not even there yet, man. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're going to know. And back then, I was like, man, I ain't, ain't going to take me five years. When I first came out here, the first week, and I was, you know, I came at the end, right? So I was still learning it, and we was working with all the guys we were working with and stuff like that. And I'm learning how to shadow box. And I'm like... Yo, this is totally different. Like, yeah, man. And like, no, no. I'm like, no. Like, people be like, man, I know. You really don't know how to train until you've seen the OGs train. Like, like people take for granted, like, what real training is. Like, not because you don't know, but what you see is sometimes what you really don't see. Right. The detail in which the game is taught. You have to hear, you have to see, and you have to feel everything that they're doing in Goodness. order for you to really get this and you know you could watch all the videos you want and Man. listen to until you're on the court being held accountable for doing things the right way not only by chris who oh like is a perfectionist right but right. the nba players and their agents and the team that's there like the amount of pressure that you have to survive in if that, you haven't done it yeah that pot is hot man that so hot. some people got hot when I well I guess when I jumped in with Chris I was already already had trained NBA players to mm -hmm. a certain level so I knew the focus I need I needed to have I didn't the mental focus but, <laughs> but the detail on the court like was, standing in the wrong was, spot like one foot I was like oh oh this oh this is real. <laughs> or or missing a rebound y'all don't was, know how to rebound. I no, promise y'all, no, no. if I want somebody who think they could rebound for an NBA oh player workout, God. come and rebound one day. Oh, my It's God. different, man. It's, different. it's a whole They'd be like, yo, level. who's this guy? I'm like, yo, he just rebounded. It's crazy, yo. Yes. It'd be. But I remember, like, because this is when we were shadow boxing. It was Justice Winslow. We was at, I forgot what the school was. It was yellow and black. And 
I think it was Eula. Like Eula. Yep, yep, Eula. Eula. Yeah. And so it was my first time shadow boxing him because he had to come up the screen, right? So I'm trying to force him in the screen. He, uh, what did he do? He went, he went on the first one, he went off the screen. Then next one, I I went, I was like, man, I'm about to beat him. I'm not about to keep getting hit by the screen. Refusal. I said, I was like, uh, Chris, like, what you doing? Force him in. I'm like, yo, I'm getting beat up on this screen by you because he, if y'all know Chris, Chris be Chris hacking screens. on screens. Chris's screens are I crazy. I promise you. But needless to say, I I learned that it's not even about me. That's what I, you kept I had taking to, it personal. Exactly. Yes. And so I was like, bro, I kept getting mad, and and I wasn't really getting mad, but I was really just frustrated, right? You just and, had got done playing. Yes. So my mindset hasn't spirit. flipped. Yes. And so when I'm playing, I'm, I'm playing real deep. Like, bro, like, what are we doing? And so that's when I realized you still got to have the player confidence. Or not confidence, but the player mentality. Yep. But you have to have the coaching mindset. Yes. Yeah. You, can't, you can't mix the two. Well, you can mix the two, but you cannot forget which needs to be there. Yep. Right? So right now, when I'm playing defense, I need to be a player. But when I'm teaching... While I'm in that player ability, I need to have the coaching mindset of being, hey, I need to force you here, but I got to use my player instincts on how to get you there, right? Yep. And so that's when, and I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize that until year two. Yep. No, yeah, year two, when yep. I got Tyrese, when we got Tyrese. That's when I realized, oh, yeah, this is how it works. I remember because you were in core, and I was trying to explain these things to you. <laughs> I was like... Yo, you gonna ride? Man, like, I appreciate you having patience. I really oh, appreciate you. No, I got you, dog. Because I knew you wanted to know, and I, we just had to take that fire off off you. Like, hey, he just got done playing. You gotta remove that competitive spirit to a level of competitive coaching. Right. Right. There you go. Like, like That's you're the saying, word, competitive coaching. Yeah, competitive coaching. And so it was like, Corey, stop taking it personal because you're getting buckets put on you. They're they're supposed to do that. <laughs> and then in core, you teaching the young kids, right? Right. Gave you the reps you needed. That's all it was, this reps. Yeah. And then getting thrown back in the fire because you were still working with Chris on the NBA stuff. It was the the best balance you can have to teach it and be free to teach it and teach and the system. Back. And then going to the pros and right. learning, right? Learning and teaching over and over and over. And like you man. said, COVID, man, it you 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 was in the gym all day. Man, when we in the gym, we built the gym. Right. <laughs> but needless to say on that, we was in the gym. Three or four times, like back and forth, back and forth, gym, 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 gym. And then we finally got that one gym and we just stayed there. And I said, stay there all day, stay there all day until like, not when you ready to leave, when Chris is ready to leave. Right? <laughs> but it was amazing. And I wouldn't change none of my experiences for the world. Yeah. Right. And so because if it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't be able to teach at the level I could teach today. And I wouldn't have the trust and the foundation that I've built with the players, with ABCs, and with Chris and with you. And so I'm just, I just—I want to say I want to, I'm always, always going to be humble and blessed for everything I've got. So. Absolutely, man. i got to ask some training questions, man. Come on, this, man. Is, this is the fun stuff, Come on. right? This Come is the on, fun baby. stuff, man. Talk to Who, me. Who's your favorite person to train? Huh. You know, I'm going to have to go with the very first pre-drive I had with Tyrese. That's, that's probably be the first person that I ever felt like, yo, like, because me and him, we – we actually had a bond, right, with Tyrese. Uh, I had a, a real close bond. Like, we went out to dinner and stuff during this pre-drive, and it was a long pre-drive. So yeah. people were like, yo, can I come back to the gym? Yeah, come on, bro, let's go. 
And so me and him went through everything together. Then he's one one A. One B, Brandon Boss. I love working with Brandon. Brandon a dog. Me and Brandon, Brandon will always, will always, no matter what type of workout we'll have, we'll always finish in some type of competition. Shooting ones most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then but we'll do something. And you know, we'll always keep it together like that. And it's it's been amazing. And then Zaire's, I love working with Zaire because Zaire, his mindset is totally different. Like, he's so smart that he knows what we're going to work on before we work on it, but he knows exactly what he needs to do. And, you know, he has so much knowledge from his father that I love working with him because he'd be like, yo, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, but oh, I see that too. And so he's gotten me better as well. And so same thing with Brandon and Tyrese. But I love working with those type of guys right there. But I love everybody. You know, but those are just those three I can just name off the top of my head. Yeah. And what is it about that connection that um, improves the workout, improves the relationship? Man, when you have a connection and you and y'all and you know exactly what his goal and you know his goal and he knows his goal and y'all both have the same are on the same heartbeat, same rhythm, it's hard to to it's hard for y'all not to be successful because I can tell you, Tyrese, this is what we're gonna work on today. He's like, bet I was thinking the same thing because I was getting a lot this this year. And I was like, yeah, I seen that. He's like, but I want to work on this because Joel gives me this action. And I'm like, ah, bet, let's work this and let's add this. And so now his workout is exactly what he needs, and I'm getting what I need. Yeah. So now that's a great workout. Because it's never like me, 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 me. No. It's about what does the player need? Okay, Tyrese, I see what we got. Okay, let's add this though. And he'd be like, oh bet, 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 I see what you're doing. Oh, bet. Cool, cool. And then it's still competitive because now I know exactly what you need. Hey, then I'll be like, hey, Zoe, because Zoe works with us. Zoe, this is how I need you to guard this at the big. Because this is how they're going to guard Joel, but this is how they're going to guard Tyrese when he draws off. Boom. Hey, Zoe, I need you to drop so I can come under the screen, and then we're going to go over the screen because we're going to re-screen on the flip. And so now I can tell that, and Tyrese will be like, yeah, that's what I need. Oh, but then, hey, I want you to play me like this. And he's like, so now when he gets to the game, now you look at him playing. And so now that Tyrese has the confidence in us, he's like, yo, hey, can you come out to Philly? Or hey, Jalen Johnson is another guy I love working out with. Jalen be like, yo, see, when y'all coming to Atlanta? And, you know, Brandon's in the back door, you know, I mean, backyard. So he's like, pause. And so he's like, he's <laughs> like, that was. <laughs> that was crazy, man. So he's, Sorry, like, he's like, yo, can I pull up to the gym? And I'm like, I'm like, for sure. And so. Yeah. Well, so I have, like to, I have to ask you about your most viral moment. Viral moment? No, oh, no, I know the viral moment. I'm gonna tell you what it is. I had a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about when Liz put them buckets on you, dog. Had you now, like a little baby in the now, post. Now let's we, talk we, about we, it. See? We love, we love Liz. Liz is is the most wonderful woman in the world, and she she can hold, dog. She cold. No, dog. she she can hold. She cold, I dog. This, I think doesn't she still hold the record for the most points in the most WNBA? Most points in WNBA. Yeah, like she cold, dog. Like, and she's six nine. She can hoop. We got her handle looking tight. She got the bump fade. And she's strong. Like, yeah. like she's strong, bro. But what, what was funny, and I give whoever made this video, was ha, 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 he, he, he. Um, the, the, the loving basketball, the, the, the one. And then in the comments, they like, let me play Liz for her heart. I'm like, bro, come on, let's not. You know, we, we actually playing once. And this was with the, with the, with the and I got, I got so many comments, right? Why is Kevin Hart playing against oh. this? Uh, why they be like this? They be like, I got, I got, I got a big body. They can play against. I'm like, come on, oh, man. man, Liz, 
Liz is hard to guard. Like, yeah. she's she's an automatic bucket. Like, she's a verified bucket getter. Like, yeah, for sure. Liz is, what? Cold. So playing her in ones is is probably, she probably one of the, she's up there with one of the hardest ones I've ever played to play in ones. Yes. If I had to rank them, yeah, who, who, you need top, top, wait, top, top, top three. three. Man. I took a lot of L's. Yeah, but who's the hardest to actually guard? Where you like, oh man, this person's gonna give me buckets. I gotta make it at least make it a tough shot. Okay, number I'm gonna, one. You give your three. I'm gonna give you my three. So go I'm, ahead. Number one, I'm gonna have to go with Darius Garland. Okay, that's my number one too. <laughs> just because man, when I first got here, he's just I really now I was in player mode. My most viral moment is DG. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> that same time Corey was in the gym. We was getting cooked. Go watch the YouTube. Stop looking at the clips on TikTok and all that. We was getting stops. We were getting heck of stops. We won a few we, spots. Hey, but you know. But no, they won't put that. Well, you, know, you, it, you didn't get stops that day. But keep on talking about it. Respect. Respect. That's, that was, <laughs> BG, that's one of them. Uh, the second person I would have to say is uh, Tyrese. Tyrese is tough to guard. Mm. Tough to guard. He's tough to guard. Um, number three is tough. Number three is tough. I'm going to start throwing out names to see if something. So you got JC. That's crazy. JC, I don't know. I'll put JC up there with B Mac. Uh, you got you got uh, Trey Lyles, who's dumb. Well, strong. I was going off. I, I mean, now I got to go. Are we going category of guards? Are we going category of bigs? Nope, nope. We said all, all, all over. Okay, pause. Um, Javel, who crazy. Doe, Rondo. Rondo's tough to guard. Rondo's tough guard. Uh, okay, you got I'm, Bron. I'm have, you I'm got. Might, all right, you got. You might, got I gotta redo my list. Okay. Oh, okay, let's reset. So, so I gotta go with. I still gotta go with DG one because he's okay. very shifty. I didn't get to play Bron in ones like that. Oh, I didn't get to play I, ones. I, one. I, I didn't. Get, when we played Trey Lyles in, in ones, it was more like two on two, or I had a backside help, so I didn't get to play him one okay, on one. Okay. I played Tyrese one on one, so that's why I put Tyrese at two. Mm. I played Brandon one on one. He's he's really tough. Yeah. But I think he top five. Uh, Zaire's really tough. He would probably be top five, top five, top five, top six. Um, JC's pretty tough. He top four. But number three, if I had to pick a number three, just because he got me when I wasn't as strong as I am now, even though he'd probably still beat me right now, I'll have to say uh, Jalen Johnson mm. or... Uh, or uh, do it. It's gonna come okay. back to me. All right, so gonna I'm gonna just talk this. So okay. my three, DG number right. one, just too shifty. This is uh, it is what it is. Unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew Wiggins. That was Andrew. I was thinking. Of. Yeah. So for me, it's Wiggs. Uh, he's just way too strong, and his his length and ability and the ease of the game. Um, and he pinned my shot something crazy respect, one day. Respect, um, respect, and respect. then third, third is. Probably. See, it's that third one because you got so many people you can think of. It is. It's great. It's probably Trey, though. Trey's strong, Trey's strong like, man. Trey's to me Trey's like definitely strong, top 10 like, hardest guys I've, I've ever had to guard in, in the basketball game. I had to make sure I said everything. Respect. <laughs> very good job. Um, but. Who's, you're not going to figure the third out? Well, it's Jalen at number three, but it's. Somebody else is up it's there. Somebody there. It's, it's Tristan somebody Thompson's there. hard to guard too. People sleep on TT. TT got handle. 
And people don't know it when you play him one on one. He's hard to guard. I've seen him. Remember when we played him one against three when you yeah, first it was, came? It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous. Miles is actually pretty hard to guard too. Yeah. Miles Bridges. Yeah. But he's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of all the games that I played. It's a lot of games. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna come back to it. I'm gonna come back to it. All right, awesome. Um, so, uh, as a NBA trainer, um, how do you keep yourself ahead of the curve? You know, you gotta prepare these guys for the season when they come in. You gotta do pre-draft, prepare them for the NBA. Where are you seeking knowledge from? You have Chris, right? Um, where else do you seek knowledge from to continue to well, grow your side of the game? I watch. I watch a lot of film when when I can. I watch NBA League Pass. I'll go back and watch games. Um, if I if sometimes I'll go to games and watch them uh, for pre-draft guys. Um, usually I'll wait to see who we have for pre-draft, and then we'll go watch back some of their film and see what their strengths are, and make sure we we show that and emphasize that. And then the weaknesses we'll work on, but we really want to show their strengths. Um, but I'll watch a lot of film of their college film. Um, I'll try to see if I can watch some of their AAU, but AAU doesn't really show me much. Right, right. It's more so their college film. And so for our pros, though, I'll see on what we worked on last summer. What did we improve on? What did we not improve on? Then I'll see what they used, actually used in the game. What is their weaknesses? What can we improve on? Then I'll ask them, hey, what do you think you need to work on this summer? I know, I, I know what you need to work on, but what do you think you need to work on? Yeah. And then I'll tell you what I think we need to work on. And then now we build, like I said, that's the relationship. Bet. Let's make your plan. We make your plan. Hey, this is what you're going to do for the next three months. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. For someone who, so you, you've been blessed with some, like you said, you networked. Um, you had good relationships and, you know, the opportunity with Chris came to kind of push you forward and find that relationship, what would you tell somebody who is looking to be a trainer on your level, right? To be in the gym with NBA guys developing at the highest level, what would you tell them, what's the advice that you would give them if they're just starting out? Fresh fresh out of high, uh, college, just just graduated. Just graduated, trying to get into Trying to be an NBA pros. trainer, yep. Um, the first thing I would, I would focus on is, you know, just watch, watch a lot of film, like, NBA games, go to YouTube, watch stuff like that. And then try to master and try to learn and try to be very detailed in what you do. Because it doesn't matter who you train. You, you can train a three-year-old to LeBron, whatever, but your teaching has to translate. Try to make sure everything translates on what you do. And then the most important part is try to find a mentor that's been in the game so you won't make the same mistakes they have already made. And I would also say, try to find like a coach's program. Like we're about to start our uh, Just Who coaches program so you can learn how to, and have a system. Having a system helps a lot because now, once you figure out what somebody needs to work on, that system allows you to have, because you know, everybody has to be able to finish. Everybody has to be able to shoot the rock. Now, what position you put them in like, you might have some guys that are in the short corner. You might have some guys like guards playing off the catch, off the wing. You might have some guys have to be in a pick-and-roll situation depending on how they play and depending on how they're used. So being in the system, 
The system is the end result, right? So learning how to be very detailed and keeps things small first. Don't try to just go to the big kahuna, right? Like I would teach them if, if it was somebody asking me like, hey, how do I start? I, I would ask them first, what do you know? Because I need to know what you know first, mm-hmm. right? And then the second thing I'll ask them is, okay, do you have a system in place on how you train? Because you don't want to be all over the place, right? Because yep. when you're all over the place, how do you know what you're really building, right? And so, like, so this would be the order. Try to find a mentor, right? If Or try to watch somebody that you see is doing very well with pros. Try to see if you can either do a mentorship with them or try to get in contact with them or try to... Try to get in the room. Yep. That's the word. Try to get DM, in the room. Guys, DMs work. They or do. Instagram they do. Just, uh, I don't care what DMs. people say. People check DMs. I don't oh, care. Sure. I don't care. People no, do check I've, DMs. I've seen Chris hire people straight from the DMs to be interns all day. Respect. Yep. 100%. And so, it's simple. But um, that will be the first thing. Try to get a mentor. Second thing is you need to find out what you know. And with saying that is also... Allow yourself to be coachable. Yep. Because you might, as a trainer, you might come into the session and be like, oh, yeah, I'll, if, if, you're, if you're going to somebody's training, right, be a fly on the wall, don't say nothing. Just be like, hey, how can I help? And you do what your part. And you learn from them. And at the end of the workout, ask questions. Asking questions keeps assumptions out the way. So now you have a clear picture of what really is going on. Just ask a lot of questions. Yep. You know, and... The more questions you ask, the more things open up to you, right? And the more you'll understand. So with that being said, mentors, uh, be a fly in the room and ask questions. And then the third thing is have somebody to try the training on. Because trial and error, right? So if you have a group of kids, the things that you learn from your pros, you have to do with your kids. And you have to see what works, what doesn't work, and then you keep watching. What works, what doesn't work, you keep watching. Because next thing you know, you might have your own system of your own. Yep. So that's what I would, I would ask. I would say, hey, find a mentor. Find somebody you can talk to that's already been through what you want to go through. Right? And that's why when you're in high school, they have career days where you can go see somebody that's in your field. Yep. Or sometimes when they say, bring, like when you're young, when they say bring your parent to, to school so you can, like career days or whatever, so you can see what they do. Right? So you can be like, ah, oh, do I really want to do that? You go, you see, do I really want to do this? Like you're about to be a doctor. People don't know that. That's crazy. I was about to, I was about to go into neuroscience. That's what, my, that's what my degree was in. Yeah. And so, and then I was like, let me, let me take, let me, let me see what, what this is really about. And so I was like, oh, I love basketball too much. And so I decided to take that route. Yeah. You know, so you really got to be honest with yourself. That's, that's the hardest thing in life is people, people want to be around the bush about things. You got to be honest with yourself. You know, you got to respect yourself. So self-discipline and being respectful to yourself. Like, hey, this is what I really want to do. Absolutely. And don't go around it. Absolutely. Don't negotiate with yourself. So what's next for Corey Smith, Just Hoop, and just, uh, you know, we know you in the gym for sure. But, uh, you know, is there anything that we can look forward to? Or, or you know, I just want to talk about you personally. You know, what's the next level for you personally inside the brand, inside the business? You know, I'm, I've, I've gotten better as a, as a teacher, as a basketball Master, 100%. I'm calling myself now, first time, master 
NBA master trainer, Corey Smith. I'm calling myself that because I'm getting there. But the more I say it and the more I manifest it, it's going to happen for sure. Um, but my next step will be doing mentorships and getting into with my partner, Chris, and with our Jess Quinn, being a mental fitness coach. That's that's part of my next thing. Another thing that I've uh, put down that I'm going to achieve is I'm going to talk about my story. You know, you heard about it. And so now I'm going to put it into fruition and start telling my story and start actually helping kids with, with if they have problems or if they want to talk, whatever, you know, just tell them where I came from. Overcoming right? adversity. Overcoming adversity. Still reaching so, your dreams. Everything. And so I'm trying to see, well, I'm not trying to see, I know what I'm going to do. I'm either going to do, uh, which I'm still debating on because I'm trying to see which one uh, lines up better. Either I'm going to do a book or a TV series. I'm trying to figure something out um, with my story. And then I'm definitely going to have a movie about it. Now, it's going to take time, and I understand that, but I have to, I got to put seeds in the ground for it to grow. Yeah. And so, and I can't stop holding it back. It's time to go. And so, that's another thing I'm, a, I'm looking forward to getting done. And then, um, that's, that's most of it. And, and learning how to be a motivational speaker. You doing it, brother? Just talk about your story, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't don't fake Chris laughing, fool. <laughs> Chris, you see this uh, man? That's crazy. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I still got I got to learn because I got to learn the terminology, and I got to learn how to like I, I got to get better. And that's another thing. I got to get better at asking questions, mm. and I got and I want to become a better listener. Yeah, yeah man. That that's my main focus of 2024 is becoming a better listener. And better at asking questions. Love that. Love that. Get the information. So, We're going to get to the next part of our show, right. My Rushmore. Okay? okay. So it's going to be your Mount Rushmore. We're going to go your top four basketball moments ever that's, that you've that's seen, right? Okay. Or been a part the, of. The first one, I'm going to go with Kobe when he versus the Suns. The pull up at the elbow was crazy. Game winner. This next one would be Kobe. 81 points was crazy. I remember I stayed up to watch that one. Uh, the next moment was when Braun beat Golden State. Mm-hmm. Coming back from down 3-1. Crazy, Braun. Respect. Uh, and my fourth one, that one's tough. My fourth moment would have to be, I'll have to go with college basketball. Watching that Villanova game when the guy hit it from half court, uh, when he that game was crazy. Yeah. I was crazy. I was like, oh my God, that was crazy. But those would probably be my four basketball moments that I was just like, yo, I, I, can't, I love hooping. Right. I love hooping. <laughs> I love it. I love that. What about you? My four. Um, one was when Vince Carter jumped over old boy in Team USA. Oh my God, I forgot about that I one. That was so like, deep. Like, this man really cleared a seven-footer. And dunked it, and then almost socked KG in his face because of the excitement. And that moment, man, was just like Vince Carter is my favorite player. So ah. that for me, amazing, it's crazy, um, insanity. My next basketball moment would have to be LeBron's dunk on KG when he played Boston Ooh. in the 07, 08 playoffs. That was all day when he was at home, the right hand, respect. When he just Pause. rose up. It was crazy. And, um, you know, just the... Respect. Man, just rolls up. It's crazy, yo. 
Uh, love you, Corey. <laughs> uh, we, uh, and um, yeah, so that Braun moment. Um, next would have to be AI crossing Jordan. Um, <sighs> I was I was watching that game live, and AI was you know, and I'm an N1 mixtape kid, and seeing that AI just cross, you know, then he was he was my favorite player at that moment was Jordan. And for AI to come in and bring something different to the game and the entrance of true hip-hop to NBA Fact. happened right after that, man. That was a pivotal moment in culture, not just the game of basketball. So that was... Yeah, that, that's a light, that was a life I wrote a, I wrote a paper in college about it. You did? Oh, stuff. yeah, how hip-hop a plus? the NBA. A plus? Huh? I got a B plus, man. They hate you. They hate Respect. You. Respect. Hey, I ain't going to call the teacher out, but it's all good. I would. Said, you know, it's 2024. Nah, there's no more... There's nah, no, you know, one thing I, ha- I have in 2024... There's no more tabs. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. I'm going to let it go. Pause. Thank you. Respect. Uh, <laughs> Respect. Yo. Oh, Lord. Uh, hey, hey, and, 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 and when we watch this video, if y'all see certain clips and they're pausable clips, just know I said pause after oh, most We're not of taking the these out at this point. It's too Respect. many of them. Our, our, our clips would just be... Yeah, it has to have a pause. Listen, it's all in good fun, y'all. Respect. We love Respect. y'all. Uh, the fourth moment... Man, actually, I'm, I'm going to be real, and it may be selfish, but I don't care. It's my moment, man. I hope I respect that. Yeah, one one game. It was an adult league, a high competitive adult rec league and uh, over at 360 Health Club. Man, I hit nine threes in one game, had 48. Mm, talk to me now, man. man. And, and this one, I'm talking like, you know, Dame Time Curry style, step back from dang near half court, and it was my ninth three. Let it go. Oh, you was and I'm late. playing against like Ooh, I wish former I Division I One players. C Sun graduates lo- literally had a team in this league. And so uh my boy Ito, who who still plays, he know. Um my boy Joe Frazier was playing, R. I. P. to Joe. And man, I was just like you talking about oh, you un- was hooping conscious, that night. Un- <laughs> there go the interview voice, Corey interview <laughs> boy, voice. Yeah, hooping that night. <laughs> and uh, man, that that was it was a moment of like you know, I didn't play. I didn't play. I played junior college. I didn't play university level, basketball, college level basketball right. past junior college, and it was one of those moments playing against that level of competition and knowing that yo, I could do this. Right. I could do this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it was just one of them moments. So that's my top four moments. That's so, crazy. yeah, man. Um, now, can I ask you something? Yeah. So we flipped the script. We, we flipped the I wanna, script. I want to ask you something, brother. Okay. Now you asked me about uh, about what motivates. And how I got to who I am, man. I want to know if a kid asks you, Todd, today, what is your testimony? He's gonna call me Coach Todd first. Off, respect, go ahead. respect. Run that back, <laughs> Coach Todd. <laughs> what is your testimony that got you to who you are today as a man? What is one moment that made you who you are today? Hmm, that's a great question, Corey. The one moment that made me. You know, you got to live in moment. So I just want to know, what is Todd's moment that made the CEO of Core Prep, the CEO of Elevate Your Game, the man right here beside me, Todd Wilson? What moment made Todd Wilson, Todd hmm. Wilson? See, I had to put the space in there because you had to put the emphasis. I appreciate that. Respect. It's going to give me, give me a second because I'm, I'm cycling through different moments in my life. And it's cool. This is where we put our ads in. Go ahead, talk Respect. about uh, just you know win. What I'm saying? So just win, and we have ten minutes to win, and so 
You know, it's a lot about the mental. You know, the mental game is when you're playing basketball or in life. And so I really want y'all to tune in. Uh, my partner, my right-hand guy, Chris Johnson, with my other guy, Graham, you know, they the best at it. And I want y'all to tune in to 10 minutes a game. You know, they have volume one and two. I want y'all to go tap into that. Another thing I want y'all to tap into, man, is our just hoop. You know what I'm saying? Go tap into the vibe. Go tap into the gang. You know what I'm saying? And we want you to be a part of our community, right? So any questions you have for us, just let us know. We're here for you. But, you know, we're here for the real reason. My man, Ty Wilson. Awesome promo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Respect. Respect. You know, and come back to me, please. And look, you know, you ain't got to listen to a lot of podcasts. You ain't got to. But there's one podcast you got to listen to. Two podcasts. Two chains. Two podcasts. Right? The first podcast you got to listen to. Respect. I got to respect my OG. You know, you got to go listen to podcasts. Just Wins Podcast. Right? We coming out with it. Respect. He's making it launched. Right? We're going to tell you more details of that later. But the one you should be tuned in. And you got to like that subscribe button. Right? Like, ding, ding, all that. Need all, I need all the bells and whistles, right? It's Elevate Your Game. The podcast, Elevate Your Game. If you're not elevating your game, then you stay the same. But if you stay the same, you're not flowing in the motion. If you're not flowing in the motion, then you're never moving. So you got to really rock with Elevate Your Game because you ain't elevating doing whatever you're doing. It ain't it, right? So Elevate Your Game, podcast with my boy T. If it ain't with T, then it ain't, it ain't right. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely got to rock it. Thank you. Back Respect. to your regular scheduled programming. So Respect. the question, the answer to that question is, is um, when I recommitted my life to God I respect um, and my wife was there in that moment. She wasn't my wife then. Mm. And we were she was a girl. living. Uh, we <laughs> 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 she was there. We weren't we weren't anything. We had no official uh, tag okay, for respect, us. Right. Respect, respect. But there was a moment where. Um, God caught my attention and reminded me of mm. who I was called to be. Mm, ain't that and, amazing? Man, and since that moment, I've been pursuing God. I love that. And not self. And that's it. what we often do is that we think we know what we, what, what we mm -hmm. have for us. But God has given us gifts and given us purpose that is way outside of ourselves. Facts. To feed into others, to motivate others, to build communities, to do the things that he did when Jesus walked this earth. That's what he's doing, building community for people to be the best version of themselves. And we can't do that apart from him. And he showed me that through that time. And the dope part is that my wife was with me. And mm. as I accepted that calling, she did too. She didn't want to, she didn't continue to go down our, our ratchet trail. We was, we was on some ratchetry. <laughs> so um, to be in that moment, to accept God's calling on my life, and then for my wife to be there, not knowing that she was my wife at the time, but right. understanding that God was setting something special, like literally in that moment, um, that's what created the Todd Wilson. And then my commitment to that, knowing God mm. more, gave vision, gave birth core, birth elevator game, birth the relationships I have, birth um, the visions that I have to this day mm. that happen. Like there's literally moments where I'm like, I've seen this before because God is showing me. And I go back to journals. Yeah, I, you could call it that. I think Deja Vu has this like mystic thing to it. Nah, it's God's vision. 
Straight God's up. Vision. God I, I don't want to call it nothing else but God's vision for my life. And I have to constantly be reminded that everything I do is ministry. Mm. Everything I do is to pour Christ into other people. Whether it's said out loud or it's just shown through what I do, I ain't afraid to show it. People know that about me. Like, this is what it's for at the end of the day. So I got to constantly remove self and the things I want right. and just listen for what the things God's calling me to because he brings those CEO titles, founder, Facts. whatever that is. He's caught me that already. And so that moment, it was uh, it was in November, or no, December, December 2011, 2010 is when that moment happened. Mm. And I haven't looked back since to pursuing God and the things that he had for me. He has for me, and he continues to show me those things. As I grow in him, he shows me the world of, of what's in front of me. So. so that's when Todd started running his own race. When I start running God's race. I like that. Yeah. You need to you need to nitpick that one. That's that's tough. You need to tag that. Run God's race. I Run like God's that. race. Yeah. I like that, man. But yeah, I appreciate that. That was that moment is yeah. tough. Respect. Yeah. I respect you, brother. You, brother. Respect you, brother. Two questions. So you got one more for me? Okay. So now my second question is right. Okay. Now you asked me about my movies, right? So let's say this: you're having a movie night, right? With your girl, but you can only watch basketball movies. What are three movies? You're watching with your wife. Three basketball movies. This is a terrible question. It's not. My wife hates basketball. Oh. She does oh. not. She's but, saying. But let's say, let's I got say she like. Okay. So she does not like loving basketball. She says they're a toxic couple and they should not be together. If I if I had to play a man for my heart, I wouldn't even be with him. Time this out. is literally what she says. I, I'm not She didn't joking. like the concept? I, I want to FaceTime her. I think I'm going to FaceTime her. <laughs> Y'all, we about to. We never done this. We about to FaceTime my Something wife new. right now. That's what you do. We have to do this. Elevate, so. elevate, 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 yo, gay. Elevate, elevate. That's tough. That's tough. I like it. Now. Because I say this. Hey, babe. You are live on my podcast. Okay, Hi. nobody, they can hear you, they cannot see you. Hi. That's Corey, you can say what's up to Corey. Hi. <laughs> All right, so listen, I need you to tell the people how you feel about loving basketball. That is toxic? Oh my God, <laughs> do you like the concept, it's the concept, the concept's toxic, or the people in the, in the storyline is toxic? Well, that's the same thing. Respect, respect. respect. They go back and forth. They cheat with each other. But 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 you gotta realize, like, that's life. Sometimes that's life. Like he he was giving. They end up together, and he's on the sideline supporting her at the end of the movie, and she's in the WNBA. You know what I'm saying? You didn't see the ending. The ending was cute. They got a little baby. What you say? Hold on, Corey. What's up? I said it's okay that they're traumatic all throughout, and then they. I mean. Now let's put it like this: Are you gonna Are you gonna watch a movie that ain't toxic? Yeah, she does. Yes, I do not like toxic. She don't like toxic. Oh, she 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 on Lifetime watching. Yeah, the so Christian listen, movies. listen. The question for the day is: What are three basketball movies that I would watch with you? And I'm like, that is the worst question Did ever. I, do you want me to put a new question? <laughs> What's the one? Uh, above the rim. Ha ha. You like above the rim? Hey! Okay, so above the rim is one. Okay. Um, what about Coach Carter? Coach Carter. So oh, okay, and then Mike Man Can't Jump. No, you haven't seen. Have you seen? She hasn't seen. What about I'm what sorry, about Juana Man? She Juana Man. She hasn't seen. Stop, 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 stop! You're going to embarrass my wife. Stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> uh, just right. 
So we got our three. Yes. Yeah. Thank yes. you. Shout out to my wife for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, Yo, you had two guests. You're elite. You're elite. You're elite. Yo, you're elite. You had a two-in-one special pause. That's crazy, yo. That's crazy. All right, babe. Thank you. Love you. Have a blessed day. All right. You too, boy. Bye. Bye. Man, you had a two-for-one special in Elevate Your Game. That's why you got to watch the podcast. You do. All right. I need another question, though, because that was not for that. I had to ask her. But that, that's a great, respect, respect. bad question. I respect it. I respect and it. And you got to get better at asking questions, so. I respect it. Um, let me think of another question. Um, oh, no, 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 no. At least he has weight music. Hey, I like that. Let's go. Oh, okay. What moment in your life you knew basketball was going to be your vessel to where you are today? Great question. Um, it was when I got fired from my job in the finance industry mm-hmm. and I started training. My kids that I had, like, you know, a couple kids. I was training on the side, hustling on the side. And um, I started making more money from that, which was, like, from that day I started, four months after that, I was making more money training than I did in the finance industry. And I was like, oh, well, I'm never going to do anything else with basketball. Ah. Because I was literally making more money. Makes sense. And that I was in, that was right when I got married, so that's 2013, so... Wow. Uh, December 2013, January 2014, like right around there, I never looked back. I knew if I could make money with this, with my love that I have for this, and uh, I'm, uh, this is how I'm going to make my money. That was it. Man, that's crazy. My vessel. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's crazy. I respect you, man. Yeah. I respect it. Man, appreciate you, brother, for coming oh, on man. the show, my brother. Oh, oh yeah. are we going to do it? Yeah. It's two. It's not two. One, it's two. two. Yeah, no. that's what I was yeah. doing, man. You got to cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Yo, man, I appreciate you for coming on the show, my brother. My boy. Yep. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man, my yeah. boy. So uh, you got a 24-second shot clock. Look in that camera right there. Tell the people where they can find you. Any encouraging words or anything you want to let the people know? Well, I'm just going to go with some encouraging words because um, I know they're probably going to put my tag at the end. So I'm going to leave it like this, okay? Two things I want you to know. Control what you can control, okay, and run your race, right? What I mean by control what you can control is that when you're – when you're living your life, live your life. Don't worry about nothing else because you can only work on what you have inside of you. Okay, pause. Now, the second thing, run your race. A lot of people are going to try to, and you're going to try to be like, oh, why can't I be like them? Why? Don't worry about that. Your race, God's race for you is totally different from anybody else. That's why you always got to remember you're a one-on-one and you'll always be a one-on-one. Nobody's ever built like you. See Smith out. My G, man. Appreciate you coming, my brother. Come on, man. That's all we have for you today, folks. We'll see you next time. Peace. Elevate your game! Let go!